Blog Talk Radio.
everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. How's everybody doing tonight? This is Five Smooth Stones, the network, and I am so thankful for another day that the Father has blessed us for and to bless you and I to come together for just seeking truth, just seeking truth, nothing, nothing, you know, complicated, just seeking the Father's heart tonight. What is his will? As servants, I come to you not as one to know it all or got it all together, but I do have a Bible, and I do have the Holy Spirit, and I do have you tonight, and as well as my co-host, let me go ahead and go to the phone lines, uh, to area code 209-233, Sister Eliana, are you there? Yes, I am. Shalom, shalom. Well, shalom, shalom, my sister. Good to hear your voice. And like I say, I'm just grateful uh, to be a servant tonight with you, sharing uh, with the people what we feel like the Father's put on our hearts. Again, not to be know-it-alls, anything like that. But go ahead and say hello to the people and give a short little quick, 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 because uh, I'm hoping we have the same listeners. But you never know. There's always, and these shows have been doing real good. So we're getting a lot of new callers, a lot of new listeners. So, sister... Eliana, all the way from Mercy, California, please let everybody know who you are and how to get a hold of you and live it by what you're doing. And then we'll go to our other guest, uh, the one and only Mr. Mrs. Mrs. for sure, Mrs. Kavika, Kaviva, that's all the way in. What city was she in? I thought I knew, but now I think about it, she's not in Mercy. No, she's in Vallejo, and if you speak Spanish, it's Vallejo. Oh, I can't do that. Say it again. <laughs> Vallejo. I can say Vallejo, but I don't know about the other one. <laughs> but anyway, okay, well, anyway, shalom, folks. everyone. And it's such a joy and a pleasure to be here again tonight to just speak with you from our hearts and from the scriptures and from our own life experiences. Again, my name is uh, Eliana Batya, and I am a congregation leader I do have a congregation called Beth Shalom Mashiach here in the Central Valley in Merced, California. It does have an international reach, but we are really reaching out to our Hebrew community uh, in the valley of the Central Valley of California to just enlighten the people, let them know that we're the Hebrew people, but also give us hope because we are a people who – have been through so many trials and continuing to go through so many things here in the United States of America and abroad that, you know, we do need to be encouraged often and we do need hope. So that's our message to reach the Hebrew lost at every cost, and that is what we do. Um, Again, if you'd like to get a hold of me, I do have a blog on Blogger. It is called Fresh Wind of Torah dot blogspot.com um i also have um a um facebook page it's called beth shalom mashiach it means house of the messiah's peace we are primarily an online congregation so you are welcome to join with us at any time and again i've been co-hosting with seth for the last several um weeks of his shows so you've been hearing my voice. If you haven't, you are starting going to hear my voice tonight. And we're just very yes, committed yes. to the work that we do. So that's a little bit about me. Also, you can email me at bethshalomjg at gmail.com. 
Well, I want to thank you for that. And let's just go back to the phone lines and grab our other guests. I'm pretty sure this is the one and only Sister Kaviva. So let's go ahead and go to area code 707-980. Sister Kaviva, is that you? Yes, it is. Well, hello, Sister. How are you doing? I am doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm blessed, blessed and highly favored. I say that by faith. You know, my sister, mm-hmm. blessed and highly favored. This is what the Father promises for us if we keep our hearts right, and and that's my claim, my sister. All right? Amen, amen. Well, go that's ahead, like sister we uh, Eliana did, your sister, your biological as well as your Hebrew sister. Go ahead and let her know, I mean, let us know a little bit about you, uh, I know, we already know quite a few things about you, but again, you got those new listeners. Uh, just some things about you and how to get a hold of you, please. All right, I am in. Mer- I'm sorry, I'm in um, Vallejo or Viejo, California. Um, I can be reached at five ten five seven five eight four eight seven. If anyone wants to call me, I I work uh, with. Uh, part of the ministry I do, um, Seth, is uh, I work with women, teaching them and children and teaching them of who they are. And um, I also work with my sister uh, uh, in her ministry as well. And uh, we travel together, uh, uh, working and doing various things together for as ministry and teaching the people about their Hebrew roots, which is very uh, key to know now. It's just imperative that we yes, come yes. And, and, and be awakened to what the Father is saying at this time and at this season of our lives as um, a nation of people that uh, has been looking for who we are, where do we go, what's going on with us. And so coming into the understanding of that we are the Hebrew children is giving us more understanding of why we have gone through so much and where the Father is taking us. So this is a wonderful time for us as a people to awaken and, and, and come into the knowledge of who we are and to digest it and move forward with it. So, uh, and yes, uh, I enjoy it and I enjoy teaching. So uh, well, I can well, also I'll, be reached. I'm oh, sorry. Go, no, go right ahead. You go. You finish up. I thought you was done. Okay. I was going to also give out my email address. I can be reached at banah, B-I-N-A-H-7 dot C-R-R at gmail dot com. I'll go a little bit slower. B I N A H seven dot C R R at gmail dot com. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for that. And again, I thank you for just coming on the show. I never take it for granted. We get various. We've got various contributions from sisters just like yourself over the years, and I've just always enjoy having sisters in the house. Most of the time, Five Song Songs is a heavily men-driven show, but the last, I guess, month and a half, we've been having a lot of ladies on. I really appreciate it. Well, folks, listen. I want to do a few preliminaries, and then I want y'all to be thinking about this. If you don't mind, Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva, be thinking about why all of this is even important to know we Israel. Um, uh, again, when we're talking about how do we live tonight, 
I'm going to let you sisters run with it. I'm going to try my best to talk the least tonight. <laughs> I really want y'all, I want to kind of interview you, you you ladies as far as what happens in the from the time your feet touch the ground, from the time you pull up your feet and get back in the bed at night. I mean, what happens a typical day in the Hebrew life? Because people want to know how... Make it practical, Seth. Make it practical. And we try our best to talk about the enemy because we do deal with the enemy as part of living. But this week, I want to I wanna start off by talking about why it's important. A lot of people see the relevance. They see we Israel, and they, 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 they you know, but they want to know, you know, you got to have purpose when you're living, how to live, how to live. You got to have purpose. And, and I want to share just really briefly, then I want y'all to be thinking about coming behind me to um, mimic, I mean to, uh, not mimic, but to, <laughs> I don't know why I said that word, but to come in behind me and just share whatever the Father put on your heart. It may be the same thing. It may be something else. But just why is it important? Why is all this important? All of this. Why y'all doing this show tonight? I understand, but, you know, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of, uh, of how to live further. But I do think a part of living is having some purpose. Again, some people do see them, see us. They know it. They believe it. But when you talk to them, they're lacking something. And when I've shared to them, Sister Kaviva, uh, over the years, why it's important, they say, you know, I never thought about that. Here's one quick, quick little one, just a quick little nugget. And then I'm going to do some preliminaries, uh, some things i got to just discuss here real brief by next week's show and so forth, and then we'll come back. But here's a quick one. One reason it's important is the father looked biased. The father looks like he is biased, he is pro-white, he is pro, he's against everything black. If you just listen to America's voices, media, you would swear that the father, nearly swear that the father is against black people. Africa stumbling, triple, uh, uh, India a billion, just stumbling, you know, third world. I mean, they're not third world, uh, but there are a billion people just poverty. For the most part, they are so-called undeveloped. And then you got Africa, oh my goodness, and then you got African Americans. Like, everything black is at the bottom. Why? Where's God at? Where's the Most High at? Where's Yah at? So it looks like he's partial until this revelation. So this is what I'm talking about. A lot of people, they believe we Israel, but they didn't know to say it quite like that. So we want to give us some tools to work with tonight. So I just want to say this real brief, and then I'll come back to you, sisters. Really brief, I want to thank those following Five Smooth Stones since 2011. I say it every show, and I want to continue to say it. I really appreciate every single one of y'all that's got reminders going to your phone, email, et cetera, whenever this show comes on. Some of you got it like this. I thank you. I also want to thank my family, Bloodline, 13 states that listen here and there. I appreciate that. Um, I want to read the show's description. We try to do it every single week, and here we go. All right, so I sent this out to many people earlier. This program is for all, but about Israelites scattered to the four corners who happen to be vastly dark-skinned people. Many new to their identity as Israelites in the U.S. as African American ask the question, how do we live as Israelites today? How do we live as Israelites today. They clarify by asking, or in more details they ask, how does this truth enhance our relationship with the Most High, Sister Kaviva? How do we raise family in this light, Sister Eliana? How should we deal with churches that routinely dodge this topic? What should be our conduct in business and politics 
Lastly, how should we diet, even dress, entertain ourselves, etc., etc.? Tune in April 17, 2018, 8 p.m., when insightful Israelites, Sister Kaviva, Sister Eliana, Brother Seth, and others revisit these questions and more. May the Father's Ruach bless those with ears to hear. These questions are the most responded to with over 9,000 listeners on Five Smooth Stones. So tonight, that's what we're doing tonight, just trying to be servants. We ain't wasting time. This is very, very serious. We're not playing games tonight. Millions are waking up all over the world to this revelation. Some of them not even so-called Hebrew Israelites. They're not one of us. They're outsiders, but they are getting a better understanding of the scriptures and so forth. So having said that, now let me say really briefly why it's important to me. This whole thing, why brothers have been doing this since 91, declaring we're Israel, and been on blogs since, since 2011. Been all over the world asking questions, being nosy, asking, looking for people that live out these curses. 24 countries, some countries I was successful, some countries I wasn't. But here's one. Here's some reasons why I did. I'm going to turn over to Sister Eliana. For me, again, the Most High look like He's just picking on us. But once this revelation comes through, it's like, oh my goodness, they're Israelites. That's why it all makes sense. That's what people have told me. I had a sister tell me one time in Cincinnati, I don't even like you. You come on a radio station every every week talking about this. I don't want to hear it. She said, but you make so much sense. She said, you make so much sense. Yes, the father looked like he's just picking on us without this revelation. Looked like he's against us, like he's for whites. And this is why many of our people are white supremacists in their mindset, in their psyche. Because that's, the, that's, that's the real religion in America, white supremacy. It really is. Look around you. It's in us. It's in all of us. I mean, how else we would have been taught? We weren't taught in Africa. No. We was taught by whites. Is there any reason we behave the way we do? Okay, so moving right along real quickly. The next reason this message is very important to know, and as you live, you have to understand this and you'll need this, is this anger we have among ourselves, anger, disrespect we have among ourselves. We cannot stand a lot of us. We have this, not not per se you know, those of you that are alive, but remember how you were before you came into this revelation? Many of you, if you have never studied the, the glory of Africa in details and really got into that, you, you kind of almost have this self-hate, impatient you have towards your people that you don't have towards other people. So this anger is understood now. We see there's a reason. My wife, I love her dearly, but she got tired of me complaining about racism and racism. It makes me look weak. Make men, us men look weak. You know? So we need this revelation to understand there's a reason we're malfunctioning, dysfunctioning. There's a reason we can't rise. We're not inferior. Our women love us, but some of them really believe it. They believe we're inferior. Some of us, some of our women, yes, they do. Look how they treat us. Some of them. And where they may not think the, 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 the spouses are, look how they treat their relatives. The next reason it's important is because the word of God is, is, is confusing. Placing those people in Israel in prophecy is very confusing, and, and a lot of prophecies are going to contradict themselves. A lot of end-time events. It's not going to make sense without this revelation. You've got to put the proper people in the proper land. The next, the next reason it's important is because white people is not our, it's not our problem. White people is not our, it's not, we're hating whites or finding reasons to, or to hate whites or flirting with doctrines that would 
cause us to hate whites. You know why? Because we really deep down believe in some of us, our hearts, that they are our enemy. Not understanding that our forefathers' rebellion was our enemy. That was our enemy. Those thoughts, those hearts of our foreparents, that was our true enemy that brought us to this place. Now these people are behaving, going past their, their, what they're supposed to do, and the Father's going to judge them for that. But we wouldn't be here without. So, folks, we got to understand white people, who they are, what they was called to do. They don't have that kind of power. Another reason is important. The whole Middle Eastern conflicts will dissipate overnight. We will have no problems in the Middle East. All that stuff going on there right now will just disappear if the whole world knew beyond the shadow doubt who the true Jews were. It would be an embarrassment to be trying to rule in Israel. You would be the, the butt of every joke in social media. The leaders in Israel, and I don't even think they would continue to lead. They would quit or their, fourth, their children would just not want to have anything to do with that land. Once they knew this, you are you, your joke. That's why this revelation is important. It will literally break that whole disruption, that whole, all that conflict. Last thing I'll say briefly in 30 seconds is the nations of the world will no longer disrespect us. The nations of the world will no longer mock us because once they find out, they will do what they're doing right now, and that is support the Jews, support Israel. They just got it wrong as who they are. We will become a, a treasure in their hearts, and they will protect us. We won't need a military. So when it's time for uh, that remnant to return, we'll return with lots of support. Sister Eliana, coming to you, same question that's on the table, if you don't mind. Why is this important to you? Well, it's the reason, one of the reasons, Seth, it's really important to me is because it helps me to identify who I am in this world and my place in this world, especially here in America. Once I understood that I was the Hebrew, the biblical uh, Jewish person or the biblical Israelite, it gave me a sense of confidence, a sense of well-being, uh, a sense of responsibility, and it, it helped to bolster my my self-esteem because prior to that like you say you know we see or we have all seen how the uh police department or the police force systematically cruise around in our communities like alligators on the shores waiting for the gazelle they cruise through the community uh looking at someone to target and it's typically our young males uh, they're waiting to catch them alone so they can enact violence and even death, you know, uh, upon them. And you see them, and they wear that sense of power, you know, that, that dark blue suit, and then that, you know, that badge, and then that black belt with the, with the black firearm and, the, and the, uh, the stick, the pole that they use to beat, that baton. So you see that, and then they stand there with an arrogance. A lot of times they wear the dark shades. And so we felt like we didn't have power. We, we felt like all the, the things were true. I, I particularly remember being uh, probably in the sixth grade and being at an all-white school and having this boy say something like, if we didn't rescue you guys from the jungle, you'd all be swinging in trees and having the whole classroom laugh and I didn't have any information about who I was. I did not know how to respond. 
I was very angry because all the pictures, you know, of course, that they were showing, they did a lot of, you know, update of the movie Tarzan, and, and you got this guy in the jungle, you know, swinging from the trees, and uh, all the African people or the black people were, you know, scantily dressed in some kind of grass skirt, ignorant, and he was the great white hope. And, you know, those images ran through my mind, and I, I just felt really bad. And I, I particularly remember once my teacher showed us a film of the pygmy uh, people and how they hunted an elephant. Uh, it was about five, six men. They killed the elephant. They, they Once he fell down, they opened him up and they drank the blood. And all of those white kids were laughing at me. You know, they were telling me that's who I was that I was from that tribe. I was a pygmy. And then I never forget, you know, it was picture day, and I wanted to wear my hair in its natural state. And I had my afro, and I was looking really good. But all those kids, you know what they said, oh, it looks like you stuck your finger in a light socket. I didn't know how to answer that. And so I'm just telling you, that was in the sixth grade in the United States of America, me not understanding that I was a Hebrew, not understanding that I came from royalty, not understanding that I was not a Hamite, not understanding that the Most High favored me, not knowing that the Most High would fight my battles. I didn't know any of that. And so many of our people do not know this even today. And so we don't know how to defend ourselves against that kind of ignorance and criticism and ridicule. We don't understand that when we are fired unjustly from a job and then we hear that that company closed down, we don't understand the most I closed that company down for us. But if we don't know who we are, we say, oh, you know, I tried to work there, you know, or I worked there and they fired me. Now they're not even in business. But we don't understand. That was was the most I fighting our battles. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't know how to stand or walk in the world. Today, because I know who I am, when I'm, whenever I encounter that gross level of ignorance, I know that, you know, if they persist or if they pursue me, I know that the Most High is going to fight for me. And I'm telling you, I have seen many, 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 many prominent businesses shut down for injuring me, for mocking me or touching me or even firing me. Those businesses are not in operation today. These were wealthy people from the nations. But when you come against the children of Zion, The Most High fights for his children. So that's why it's important for us to get this information out to our people because even those police officers that are killing our young people, they're not going to get away with that. You know, we we don't see the justice in the media, and we don't see it in the courtroom. Oh, but the Most High, he will. And if we could follow the lives of those cops, we would see just how the Most High comes back into their families and tragedy strikes their children, their homes, their loved ones. They don't tell those stories, but that's what the father does. So we're, it's not that they're just getting away with it or anyone can just get away with hurting us. And when you know who you are as a Hebrew, when you understand the connection to the Yah who created everything from, you know, the heavens, the earth, everything, when you understand that that's who you are and you stand in that kind of authority and that place in the universe, it's power. It's not power for us to mock and ridicule 
to criticize, but it is power for us to walk with our heads up, knowing who we are, understanding that the Father has a timeline, he has a purpose, he has a destiny for us and our children, knowing that when he said, you know, I will make you the head and not the tail, he means that. So this is really, really important to know who we are, and that's why Understanding who you are as a Hebrew is is very, very paramount, especially in the time that we're in now. Right now in these end times with all of these worldwide calamities uh, coming upon us, a lot of it has to do with who we are and our positioning right now in these lands of our captivity, the United States being number one because it is a superpower, and there are many, many of us here. So... When we look at the news and we hear what's going on and we run that back to the scripture and we understand, and if you really truly can get the the the, um, the essence of re- that this is about you as a Hebrew, it's powerful because all these nations are shaking and reeling and trembling and the Most High is beginning to judge them for how they treated us as a people. So we have a lot of power. We are a very beloved and special people to the Most High. We are very important to the United States, to the nations, to the universe, to everything, to all of creation. We are extremely important. And this is what the adversary, not the not the nations now, our adversary is working through the nations to destroy our confidence. But when we know who we are, we know that we will overcome even that. So that's why it's important to me. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And uh, if you're standing on on these phone lines and you don't know none of this to be true, we sound like we all crazy talking about we Jews or Israelites. We cannot spend a whole lot of time to talk, but this show is really not designed for you. However, you might want to continue listening and just put this in the back of your mind. What if they're right? Continue listening, but just say to yourself, what on earth would be the case if these people knew what the heck they was talking about? And I promise you, and I submit to you, ain't going to be no scriptures twisting tonight. You're going to hear what does say at the most high. So before I go to Sister Kaviva, I want to say this really quickly. If you want information to support just us being Israel. I have to always go here, sisters, because there's always people listening. Probably, really, to be honest, probably most listeners probably don't really, never heard this. It's just tuning in because Five Smooths don't have some interesting shows. Folks, Google Five Smooth Stone Space Blog Talk Radio. Move down. You see topics like proof of black, black biblical Jews, amazing, amazing proof of black biblical Jews, or how we know we Israelite, or why, what is the importance of knowing G- Yeshua or Jesus was a black man. Uh, all these types of topics you'll see over, I know, 30 shows, two hours a pop. That's all we can say about that. But continue listening and just say to yourself, what if they're right? What if they're right? I don't think they're right. I think they're crazy. Continue. Listen, these sisters on the line, it's nothing to play with. So, see, Kaviva, same question. Why is it so important? Well, Seth, you know, it's very important for us to know what it, what is it doing for us. It's, it's, it's removing 
the reproach of being a black woman or a black man or a black girl, boy, coming into the awareness of who we are. I, you know, I was just thinking about a situation that just happened with me the other day, coming to identify with the, the, the fear of the factors that we live with on a continual basis. And um, I was pulled over by the police uh, on the other day, and it was a uh, female cop and a male cop. One was coming on one side of my car, and the other one was coming on the other side of my car. And immediately what I did was put my hands up, and I was saying in my car, I have nothing in my hands. I have nothing in my hand. Now, to me, it allows me to, and it, it helps me to really pinpoint the anxiety of dealing with uh, cops or police in this in in this in this nation in this country, and how we are constantly afraid of losing our lives just on a small whimsical of just just a nonsense. But anyway, I had my hands up saying I have nothing in my hands. And as the cops were moving toward me, they're saying, oh, we just we just wanted to pull you over to let you know, uh, but uh, we need your driver's license and put your hands on the steering wheel. I'm not a young woman. But they had me. I don't think they would have did that to their mother or to an elderly uh, white woman. But they did it. So I'm having my hands on the steering wheel. They pulled me over to say to me, oh, we just wanted to let you know that one of your brake lights was out. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I wasn't aware of it. Thank you. But immediately I was struck with all of that fear. And I believe coming into this whole awareness and coming to this whole understanding of who we are is really elevating us. It doesn't mean that it's removing the trouble, but God himself, our Father who art in heaven, he is going to deal with all of this for us. We don't have to worry. He will fight this battle, and he will remove our reproach. He will elevate, he's elevating us by the knowledge of coming into being aware of who we are as Hebrew children. He's solidifying us. Uh, we've been taught that we were cursed people. But God is coming to solidify us now because he has a covenant with us and he's a covenant-keeping father. And he's bringing us into that which he said that he would do, that he was going to come and get us and bring us back from the four corners of the world which we have been scattered. This is the best drink of the well that we could ever drink of that living water coming into the knowledge 
of who we are. We were the only people that didn't really know from which we came. We all identified with just coming out of Africa, but we didn't really know who we were. But now God is starting to awaken us. He's starting to come and say, you are my people. And I'm bringing you back. And I'm coming to deliver you. I'm coming to set you free, not only with freedom of of a physical body, but free in your minds, free in your souls, free in your heart, free to walk in confidence, knowing who we are. This is the best thing that can ever happen. This is the greatest move of God that can ever happen for us because he said he would do it, and now it's starting to happen. My soul is excited, exceedingly excited. And everyone who is coming into this knowledge need to be excited because you're starting to really make sense of why things are happening to you the way they're happening or to us the way they're happening. But... We are to take courage because this is a good time. This is an exciting time. This is a pivotal time for us, and we need to embrace it because it's just awesome. It is just an awesome move of God. I just, this is the, this is it. This is it. This is it. Powerful, powerful, moving, even emotional, spiritual. Very, I've enjoyed that from you, sisters. I, I really, really enjoyed that. And I know the, the listeners will for years to come in the archives, even, especially those on the show, on the phone lines tonight. Again, folks, you listen to Five Smooth Stones. I'm Brother Seth. I have Sister Eliana, about y'all on the line as well as the one and only Sister Kaviva. And these sisters are here to just share. Sister Kaviva, what what last name you go by? I mean, I know it's Kaviva. Is that what you just pretty much go by? That's the first name it's for the Kaviva Internet. Kaviva Dalit. Yes, Kaviva Dalit. Delete. All right. How do you spell that? Delete. D-A-L-L-I-T. D-A-L-L-I-T, just from my records. Anyway, folks, so listen. <laughs> I am just so thankful that I have people on the line that understand our plight. They don't have their head in the sand. They're not dodging the news or what's going on. They are dealing. And there's a lot of pain out there, folks. I saw a police shooting the other day that, that just pulled me into a place I had to shake it. it. took about two or three days to get past this last police shooting, at least that I saw. It's going on all the time. You know what I think, family and friends, and then we're going to go we're going to take a little short break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to start reeling. I mean, we're going to just, I'm going to, this is going to talk about a typical day uh, as an Israelite, what, the, what kind of things they go through. And I'm going to shoot some questions at them that I think our people are going through. And y'all going to hear how they handle it, okay? One of them was just a police situation. But listen, this is what I believe, sisters, and, and, and those of you listening on the phone lines and, and in the archives. I believe that it is getting, it's going to get clearer and clearer the true hearts of a lot of people, the true hearts. I think a lot of people, now again, I don't believe that the white man is per se the enemy. I believe that he is being used as a enemy, the system of white supremacy, and, and a lot of us play into that. It's our enemy for sure, the system, 
I'm talking about the people per se, the system, and different people go in and out of that system to oppress us, including black people. And I'm talking about including your own grandmas and grandpas. I'm talking about us, for real. We're in it. For real, I can prove it. Pain, bloodshed, we're in it. And whites are also in the system. Okay? Now, this is what I think is going to happen. As we get closer to our destination, it's closer to this, because I'm telling you, the, the, the net, the Internet is just saturated with this revelation. If y'all don't believe me, just go to the Internet and just go to any search engine and just type in the word Hebrew. Used to be it all come up white. Type in the word Israelite. Used to be it would all be white faces. You can even type the word Jew. You'll see some white, so-called whites, but you're going to see some, some dark skin up there as well. Well, that used to not be. It's all over the Internet. It's everywhere. So it, the older people is not glued into the Internet like a lot of these young people are. So what am I saying? This young generation, oh, my goodness. These young white so-called Jews, they don't open up their mouth because these black children, our children, is letting them have it. Some of them do it with, 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 with class. Some of them do it with no class. But folks, make no qualms about it. Our world is changing. Our churches are changing. The church is going through a, a cleansing process. You know, uh, I should say our congregations, okay, because the church is us. But, I mean, these buildings, a lot of buildings are becoming empty. It's like there's mega churches and then there's no no nobody. You know, these little small churches. I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area. This is the Bible Belt. I should know. I'm telling y'all, the attendance among young people, I'm not talking about the older people over forty, I'm talking about under forty. They're not there. They're not in these churches. They're on the internet. They listen to blogs. That's one reason Brother Seth do this. So I believe that it's gonna escalate. I said all to say, I believe it's about to escalate, Sister Eliana. It's going to get more blatant. I mean, I I saw a video. I'm not going to go off into giving enemy too much praise, but put it like this. They're getting bolder. They're getting bolder. Trump is getting bolder. They're getting bolder. I'm just looking for him wanting to say, I don't care about you niggas. I don't care what you do. I'm just looking for it. Because he, he, this political clique is going out there when the cops is calling people out of their names. They are acting a fool with our people. And it's very easy to get emotional and start trying to do things like take up arms or do something. But we got to remember, this is all prophetic, folks. All these things is supposed to happen. I know that sounds really bad. I know it sounds really bad. It's not the Father's will. Keep in mind, he wanted to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. It's our decisions. We're not right now godly people seeking out this heart, a lot of us. And that we are marked people, meaning we're prophetic people. Certain things, those of us that obey, yes, like Sister uh, Kaviva was saying, and Sister Eliana was saying, it is truly a glorious time. But what happens if you say, my heart, I don't want to live for the Father. I want to go out here and gangbang. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a young lady. I, I don't want them to go to clubs and try to hook these guys. That's our people, too. They may be even listening. What's their fate? I'm not just addressing the obedient ones tonight. I'm addressing Israel. Fasmus Stone address Israel. And Israel, I believe, is twofold. A lot of our people are going to perish. We're going to make the whole show about it. We're going to talk about the upside of it. But just know, you've heard it on Fasmus Stone, my brother Seth. And for some years now, many of our people are going to perish. But also, that remnant... That spiritual Jew, the Father is going to bless, and some is going to benefit from that, who are some knuckleheads. True. Sister Eliana, hit that a little bit. i got a feeling in my spirit you got something to say about that. 
Well, absolutely, you're right about that, Seth, because, you know, everybody is not going to make it in. And um, as a matter of fact, I just want to say um, I had a conversation with someone dearly beloved to me, and uh, she just she just realized that the way she's been living is not according to the Father's will. Mind you, she's a Hebrew. Okay, okay, hold on a second. I don't know how long this hand been up, but area code 817 I'll come to you after Sister Eliana. Please forgive me if you have your hand up for a while. Go ahead, Sister Eliana. And so, but the thing is, she's also in the scriptures, and she's been in the scriptures, but she's really coming into the knowledge of being an Israelite a biblical Israelite, and so she realizes that the way she's been conducting her life all these years, she said, why didn't somebody tell me? I said, the time is now for you to know. I said, nothing happens before the time. So the Most High is starting to, you know, get the attention of the people. But you, you're right. There is, a, there is, there is, and there are many people who are just, are not with the Father. Now, that's nothing strange. Ancient Israel had the same problem. Throughout, throughout the uh, history of the nation of Israel, there were, some, there were some that did not follow the Father. And they were cut off. And just as the same thing today, there are many that are not going to follow the Father. They're going to hear the truth. They're going to believe the church truth. They're going to follow for a time. And then they're going to fall off, and they are going to be cut off. But those that are faithful and remain until the Most High brings us through this, through the, the 400 years and beyond, because we really don't know when he's going to bring us out. We know that the, the curse is going to end in, at the end of 2019, but we don't know how many more years it's going to be or if it's, even it's going to be a few more years before he does the great Gathering, but we do know that it's coming because the time is at hand. So you're going to have people that, uh, let's just say the Father gives it 30 more years. You're going to say, people say, oh, they said in 2019 we were coming out of here. They were lying. No, the Father still has this under his control. What the Father is looking for is obedience. So you're going to have the Hebrews that do fall off and that are not going to make it in. But once you understand who you are and the and the real commitment that this is about a spiritual walk with the Father. It's always been about a spiritual walk of holiness. That's really what it's about. It's not just enough to say, I'm a Hebrew. It is wonderful to identify and to know that you're a Hebrew after 400 and, I'm sorry, 399 years of being in the dark. That's beautiful. But the other requirement that Israel had was that of holiness. That is the real requirement, and that is the real Garment of Israel is to be a holy people. So you had Israelites in the past, in history, ancient history, not wanting to wear that holy garment, and they were cut off. So, so it is today. We must be a holy people as well as understanding we're Hebrew and identifying with who we are, our tribe, our clan, and all of that. The standard is still holiness. So that's what we have to work towards as well. That's why we have the commandments. That's why we have the laws. That's why we have the precepts. That's why we have the teaching. That's why we have the history and the examples in the book, in the history book, because the, the Father is a holy Yah looking for a people to become holy, to set their lives apart. 
being out there, being a gangbanger, still wanting to smoke weed, still wanting to, you know, we, I was just on a site where they were just arguing this point about where's the weed at, where's the prohibition of smoking weed. It's a holy herb. It comes from the earth. I was just on that two nights ago. That's not, you know, you're defiling the temple, but you still want to get high. You still want to drink and party and, and, and do the, um, what do you call it, the twerk. Well, you can't walk with the Father in that, being a Hebrew or not. That's not what he's looking for. He's looking for a people who are going to walk in holiness and righteousness and, and keep his standards and his commandments and his statutes and his laws. That's what the Father is looking for. So you don't like church? I'm sorry. <laughs> Our Yah is all about you know, not church as you understand it from today, but he's a holy Yah. It's all about holiness. It's all about that worship of him. It's all about walking with him uh. in that way that you was running from, that your grandma taught you. you. You still have to come back to that if you want to walk with the Most High. You still have to return to that kind of a mindset that he is holy, and you must also be holy. You cannot drag all of your junk and garbage uh. to his holy kingdom into the land. This is what the fake Jews are doing. They're over there doing homosexual parades. They say, oh, we're the Jews. They got money from the churches. Churches are supporting it, and they're having homosexual parades. Wow. They want to do it at the Wailing Wall. They want to parade their filth at the Wailing Wall before the Most High Yah in his land. And the scripture says, for these things, the land vomited us out of it for wickedness. And they're saying that they are us, and the first thing they want to do is present homosexuality to the to, to the Yah of the universe, the Yah of Yah. Wow. That's what they're doing over there. And the churches wow. are supporting. Well, so we can't be like that. Well, well, very, very, very interesting insight. And I bet you the church, the average believer, don't know what you just said is going on, but. I've been to Israel, as I say, about nine times. Well, yeah, nine times, and she is on point. And the half has not been told. There's some wicked stuff going on over there, and it's a lot. It ain't just no one little parade. It's a culture. But let's go to the phone lines. Sorry for uh, being a little slow here, but I had to let the sister do her thing. That was very good, Sister Eliana. Sister um, uh, Kaviva, after this call, I love to hear you chime on the same point. Uh, Erica, eight. One seven um, three five zero. Go ahead and give us the city and who am I speaking with? Uh, this is uh, Apostle P.L. Reynolds, uh, aka Brother Malachi uh, from Fort Worth, Texas, Lost Found Israelites. Uh, How are you doing, brother? Good show. Oh, bless, brother. Bless, bless, and a good show and good, good to comments from everybody good else. To your voice. Uh, just briefly, just briefly, I want to. Uh, Say that uh, uh, I think the the issue with you know uh, the social media uh, 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 popularity is that uh, it is serving a purpose in helping to awaken uh, a lot of our people up, uh, which is one of the reasons why I think that. Uh, when they brought the uh, the founder of the Facebook before Congress, 
because of some uh, alleged mishandling of people's information, uh, eventually there's going to be some regulation that's going to come in. And he even said that there should be some type of regulation, and the government is about to bring some type of regulation. But this is why I believe that we should not substitute uh, gathering together uh, locally in person for a holy convocation for social media because what's going to happen when the government regulated so so hard where we won't be able to just put anything up as a lot of our people are doing right now. And secondly, I want to say that uh, we must not confuse the uh, the first captivity of Egypt, uh, the, the Egypt of Moses' day, that captivity. We must not con- confuse that 400-year period and compare it to what we're dealing with right now. There's a difference between the Exodus Egypt uh, of 400 years and the Deuteronomy 28 chapter, 6 to 8 verse, which is where we are right now. I think that we may be doing a grave um, misinforming people when we compare the 400-year period to what we're dealing with right now. The one that, when the Most High told Abraham that the seed would be in the land that is not theirs for 400 years, that was for the period of Moses, Joseph and Moses. But we're in the Deuteronomy 28, chapter 6, 8, verse period. And there's no specific, the scriptures don't get no specific timeline which is why I think that we shouldn't use the 400-year period. Well, let, we should, let, we should let just me, say that. Inter- we should just go ahead. If I could, you can continue. But let me interject here. I got a, you know, you said a lot there. And so I just want to kind of interject. You can keep going. Not a problem. And if you want to, later on, you can come back and comment again. But listen, uh, Brother Patrick, this is what I have to say about the social media thing. You're saying it's not good to uh, to substitute meeting in person to social media. I vehemently agree with you. However, let's continue to use social media as long as it's around. If it ain't around, the government bans it or whatever, we'll face that bridge when we get there. But right now, we've had 9,000 people to tune in to not these two shows, but this topic over the years. There's some people that have been reaching. I remember doing this when I first started in 2011, brother. I promise you, there was hardly no people talking about Israel, Hebrew Israelites. I mean, I was all over the net. I had a Facebook account. I had a YouTube account. I had a MySpace account. It wasn't around. But I kept doing what I was doing. I don't know who all I'll see. I might not have. You have a local church, and you can see some people you have been on. I don't know who all I can help. I remember one time I did a search on this. I was on this uh, really quickly. I was on this um, Internet, and I was just researching leprosy. Because you know, I, I always try to sharpen my tools, get more information. I want to make sure I'm right in what I'm saying. I look at all kinds of documents, science, scientific things. And I went to this, this little blog. It was like a physical blog uh, where there's no not an audio blog, but just, a um, you know, these uh, connections of letters. And, and there was this brother. He would make this comment. He said he was arguing back and forth with these, with these people, letting them see that, hey, well, leprosy really is. And then he made this comment. I I'm done with this. If y'all want to know more about this, tune in to this gentleman by the name. He said five smooth stones. I was blown away. What's the chances on the big worldwide web you run into somebody referring to your site? 
And I don't know what all I've done. Only the Father knows. And we really can't keep count. We probably shouldn't keep count. But I'm just letting you know, we do what we can. We do what we can with who we can. My family, for whatever reason, a lot of them hear what I say, a lot of them don't hear. I believe a prophet is not with honor in his hometown. So you know what? It has to be outside to reach my family. So I don't do a whole lot of talking with my own family about this. I talk with other people. And you know what's weird? My family can hear somebody else say the same thing I just said, and they get some great revelation. So we get, we win who we can. We work with who we can. The other thing about the 400 years, really briefly, 400 years. Remember this. There's a lot of things that were said to Israel back then. But it's repeating. He didn't say, he didn't say it's going to repeat. I mean, excuse me. Everything Israel went through, my brother, it's all repeating. The 400 years can repeat. I don't know why you can't see that in the scriptures. Okay, he said, Abraham is assured to your nation will be in the bondage for 400 years. Many argued that wasn't even 400 years. That's a whole other Bible study. A lot of people don't believe that the Israelites was really there in Israel for, for, for 400 years. I mean, I, I think they were. I think they were. I think the scriptures said they were. But some people say, no, not quite 400 years. This is the 400 years. But what I'm trying to say to you, brother, is we repeat. Israel repeat. A lot of times he didn't say you're gonna. Re- he didn't say you're gonna repeat. He just he, he just went through. When 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 uh, Isaiah 51 and I think it's 20 talks about your your sons would be uh, on the street corners. It didn't say this is gonna happen forever. It just it just kids on the street corners. Well, guess what? They're on the street corners now. So if Israel does it, they're gonna repeat it. That's our proof. That's the Bible study. That that's how we know. If they went through it once, they're gonna repeat. Moses says, and these will be upon thee for a sign and a wonder and upon thy seed forever. All of those curses is gonna repeat. Whatever Israel go through as a nation with kings, look forward to repeating every aspect. That's where we get the four hundred years from. Well, uh, if you, yes, if you remember, see what I'm saying is that each captivity, the captivity to the Babylonians was 70 years. It was not 400 years. And what I'm saying is that Deuteronomy the 28 chapter 68 verse, that captivity to this to this Egypt, which we got to by ships, it didn't it it didn't give no specific time. Like, like the captivity that he mentioned that to Abraham when he said that your seed would be in the land for 400 years, the, the prophecy of Deuteronomy 28 chapter 68 verse didn't give a specific amount of times. And and when when our forefathers, the Southern Kingdom, went into captivity to the Babylonians, they was in there for 70 years. They were well, losing. Say, I, I the, follow uh, you. I follow. Let me say this. Let me say this to you. I follow you. And and and, and for time's sake, I just interrupted you there just because I want to time here, but really quickly, because you can keep talking. I don't have a problem with that. We're going to get to Sister here in a second. But i got to say this real quick before I bring in Sister Kaviva and then Sister Eliana. Remember this. The Bible says that when the heathen begin to boast and say, I put you in captivity, I rule over them. None seeth us. None, he used the word P-E-E-P, none peeped. The Father said, I will become jealous and I will redeem a remnant of my people. I want to ask you a bold question because you're a very intelligent man. Is the heathen not saying we under their control? Yes, they're saying it. 
they're saying that. They're boasting. They feel like they're my niggas. And for that reason, and that reason alone, if there wasn't the 400 years, if you have a serious point on the 400 years, I don't know, I'm not a scholar, but I do know one thing we're repeating. We're repeating either, either the 70 or the 400, or we're repeating. And the 70 and already flew by, so it's got to be the 400. And if it's not the 400, he's saying when the heathen begin to start boasting and acting like he running this and started giving credit to me, the heathen's supposed to be saying, because there's some powerful people that know who we are, they're supposed to be saying, y'all suffering because of what, you, what you're going through, just like Queen Elizabeth. Don't bring me no Israel. Some of these folks know. Sister Kaviva, any comments to this brother? Well, yes. Um, you know, I was going to say to him, um, if you get into archaeology and anthropology, what you will discover is that when the children of Israel, uh, the Hebrew children, went into Egypt and was there, in the beginning they were not slaves. They didn't come as slaves. They were workers, and it's been proven. It's in through archaeological uh, excavations. It's been proven that they were workers there for for a long time. When they started, when their captivity changes, when the king I can't remember his name, but uh, Sister uh, Eliana would be able to remember. Um, the king did not remember Yosef. And he began to see that they were growing in numbers, and then he began to um, put them into slavery. But that slavery was not 400 years because they lived there uh, working, they were working, a working class of people there for a very long time. So that's, and like I said, it has been proven through um, 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 archaeological digs and studies and things like that. So with that, I will say that the real 400 years that the father told Abraham that his children would go into is the one that we are dealing with right now, you see. And so, but they did go into slavery. Yes, they did in Egypt, but it wasn't for the 400 years. So, um, uh, so that's, that's one of the things I kind of would say to him, that if he began to do... Um, just start researching uh, the archaeological digs for Egypt and different things like that, he would find that information, and it will help what he's saying uh, to understand that there was a difference between when we were in Egypt in the beginning and what's happening with us now, like he's saying. Yes, I kind of agree with him in some, some ways, but just understanding uh, where we are as a people now, because this is a horrific time, and the the whole point of this slavery thing now is still a point of that is still happening because so many of us are incarcerated and being used uh, in a slave manner because that's how they can continue to enslave us by incarcerating many of us. So. That's why I do believe that the uh, 2019 will be that end of that 400 years. I think it's prophetic because for the government to identify that uh, the black people or the they say African people have been in this country for 400 years, that is not a slip. That's significant. And so these things must be looked at because 
God is doing this. He's causing what has been hidden uh, and, and coming to come to light. He's bringing out information. He's bringing out uh, clarity uh, for us so that we can understand better. So I hope um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm answering some of it uh, for you, yet I do echo what you're saying. Sister Eliana. Yeah, and I just want to say here. Let's. I'm going to do a brief overview of timeline first. I'm coming out of Deuteronomy chapter 26. In verse six, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to do a, a very, very brief synopsis. Verse five, and thou shalt speak and say before Yahuwah your Yah, Assyrian, ready to perish, was my father, and he went down into Egypt. But I'm going to paraphrase here. It's not in scripture. He did not go into Egypt as a slave. And sojourned there with a few, the 70 souls went into Egypt. But they were well received because Yosef was already reigning as the son, um, and he was reigning next to the Pharaoh. So he, he brought his father and his brothers and his nieces, nephews, and all of this. They were 70 souls. And they were well received and respected by the Egyptians, and yet they dwelt in Goshen. They prospered as long as Yosef lived. When their father died, they were permitted to go and bury him in that cave of Mechpelah, and some of the Egyptians went with him. But just as the scripture says, another pharaoh rose up after Yosef's death, and he didn't know anything about the deeds of Yosef. And actually they say it was a Hyksos king. It wasn't even an Egyptian. Another ruler had come into the land and was ruling in a certain part of Egypt, close to Goshen. And when they saw the numbers, because the scripture goes on to say, and he sojourned there with a few, in verse 5, Deuteronomy 26, and became there a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us heavy bondage, verse 6. And when we cried unto Yahuwah of our fathers, Yahuwah heard our voice and looked upon our afflictions, our labor, and our oppression. And Yahuwah brought forth, brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. Now, to go over the timeline, we've got to understand, after the death of Yosef, and after the death of his brother, because all of his brothers were older, so they probably died before him. But in that time of their life, they prospered and they became a great nation. And then after their death, they continued to multiply. But as my sister Kaviva had said, they were skilled laborers. They were working. They were business people. They were doing. They lived in Goshen, but they did business in Egypt. And they were doing very well. But when this other king came in, these other people did not know the exploits of Yosef, is when they began to put them in bondage. And it was around in that time they began to kill the young males. So if we do the timeline, Moshe was born somewhere in that shortly after they went into bondage. Now we know that he left at the age of 40 and dwelt in the wilderness for 40 years and came back at the age of 80. And so then he began to speak to that pharaoh to let the people go. The scripture doesn't tell us how long these plagues went on, but probably maybe a year or so before they were let go. So if he was 80 
and maybe let's say his people were in bondage 20 years, uh, that's 100 years. Then they were let go. That was not 400 years. They were not in bondage for 400 years in Egypt because they lived there, they sojourned, they worked there, they lived in the land of Goshen, they were prosperous, they were merchants, they were business people. And so that could not have been the 400-year period. But when that prophecy was given to Abraham, he said, your, your descendants will be taken to a land that's a strange land, and they will be mistreated there. So that pertains to Deuteronomy chapter um, 28, verse 68. The ships came and took the Hebrews from the interior of the African coast, which they had named in the 1600s Negro land, and there was a very small portion of land where it said the kingdom of Yehuda, where the, the, where the Hebrews were sojourning, and they also called that the Gold Coast, the Ivory Coast, and the Slave Coast. That is where they took the Hebrews from and brought them into the land and the four corners because the Most High said, I will scatter you to the four winds of the earth. And that's where that 400 years of bondage came in at. So that first period was only a shadow and a type, but it was not that period of 400 years that we are living in now. And it wasn't that cruel mistreatment because all of us have been cruelly mistreated, killed. They, they didn't do all of that to our ancestors in the first Egypt. They just treated them. They afflicted them. They treated them and put heavy bondage upon them. But they didn't do to them what, we, what has been done to us and our ancestors here since we sojourned in these lands since 1619. We have we are experiencing the, the the full brunt of the punishment that the Most High said because He also sent prophets after that time after Israel became a nation and went into the land of Canaan to possess it and after and, and, and Moshe told them you will sin again you will sin you guys aren't going to be faithful so prophets were sent prophets were sent prophets were sent to warn and to turn the people but this. Uh, punishment that we've experienced is harsh cruelty is the result of maybe over several hundred or even a thousand so years of the Most High pleading with a stubborn, stiff-necked, and hard-headed nation to turn. And so that is why this punishment has been so cruel. As a matter of fact, it has been the cruelest of all of the our captivities uh, because it is the fulfillment of a very severe punishment that the Most High predicted. But also, he said, no longer shall it be said, great is the Lord our God who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, but it will be said, great is the Lord our God who's brought us up out of all the lands of our captivity where he scattered us. So that is that is what this 2019 ends, that 400-year period, and that severe punishment, and that rejoicing that's going to happen when we are gathered from the four corners of the earth or all the nations that we were gathered. It's okay. very different for Egypt. Sister Eliana, let me just ask the brother. Uh, he's been holding patiently, and, and of course, you guys, y'all been dropping the bomb. And I would, Brother, what do you feel about what you've heard so far? Any, I mean, does it make any more sense? Because I know you're a very studious, studious, educated man. So what do you think so far? Well, um, I, um, 
Well, I do believe that when the Most High had told Abraham that uh, his seed would be in captivity to uh, a nation that is not a land that is not theirs, I do believe he was referring to the first Egypt uh, because uh, we shouldn't confuse just being in captivity, just being in chattered slavery. If you are, no matter how well you're doing, if you are not uh, uh, owners of the land that you are living in, uh, no matter the years they spent there under Joseph, they they were still a foreigner in that land. And if you're a foreigner in a land, you're still technically uh, in captivity to someone else. Uh, but but, but let me say this briefly, and then uh, uh, I'm going to have to uh, I can just uh, listen. But uh, I want to say that here's my concern about timetables. We have had many... Uh, prophets, preachers, and teachers come along that have prophesied about the Most High acting on a specific time and giving these dates, months, and years. And when it came and it didn't happen, it caused a lot of people to draw back from the Bible. And all I'm saying is that we should use caution when we put these numbers out. We should use very, we should, we should be very prayerful about that and use caution because we don't want 2019 to come up and then we don't hype people up to expect something to happen and it don't happen. Now, I'm just now, saying that we just need to on, use caution. Say, know. I saw when you came on the line, not that I was looking for your number, but I see when different numbers come, come on the line. Again, folks, we have a phone line full of people. Those in the chat room, if you have a question, don't forget to press, uh, I mean, to um, put your question in quotations with question marks at the beginning and at the end. If you're on the phone line, you have a question, press one, folks, press one, press one. Okay, brother, I saw when you came on, and I think, I'm not sure, but I think Sister Yelena had just said that the father may do something five or ten years from 2019. And I think you missed that part. And so it's, no, I heard it. you know, I you heard can't it. hear everything. I heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she wasn't saying she just saying 219 is the 400 year mark, and at that point, a deliverance is going to take place. Now, I, we, we, I, I, I had a pastor used to always tell me, so we're going to move on because it's really our topic, but it's still a good question because again, and how to live, people is preparing. So, brother, your question, actually, I take that back. We're not off topic because people are planning. Part of living is planning, and if, if something is going to happen, jump off of 2019, you're going to want to know because you may plan different. You may may want to retire sooner. I mean, you just never know. People people will line their life up according to prophecy. So, brother, you you, I thank you. I thank you for what you just said. You want to be cautious. And we don't show Skippy should be if we talk about 40 million people movement. But I think we have been cautious. We are being very cautious. It's not planned tonight. I know you're not saying we are, but we are cautious. 400 years is about to be up. And I believe, like I said to you earlier, that the Father was not planned when he said the people that I put over Israel to oppress them. When they begin to start boasting and start acting like they own us, he is going to get jealous. And I said this earlier, and I'm going to move on. I'm saying this to everybody. I really believe we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm not standing as a prophet, but I just perceive in my spirit the police shootings we see right now is going to be so many 
people are going to start really freaking out. I mean, mm-hmm. every day we're going to see them. You ready for this? You ready for this? You ready for this? Every city. Just, yeah. just, just entertain my foolishness for a second. What if I'm right? If, poli- if they, everybody started acting like the Wild Wild West and just taking lives again, Sister Eliana, what she said is she's been saying and she brings the hope, and Sister Kaviva said it too, they bring the hope. I bring the hope as well. I believe for those spiritual Jews, spiritual Israelites, spiritual Hebrews, it's rejoicing time. It's rejoicing time. The scripture has will not fail us, brothers and sisters. He will protect us. He does say, if any two agree, uh, 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 gather my name, I'm there. All of the scriptures is true, but I've got to feel this, 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 the fire is about to be turned up because of who we are. And it's going to be an outcry. Lord, where are you? They're slaughtering us. And that is when... It's going to force a conversation. Pastors don't have to talk about who we are right now. They know it, some of them, but they don't, they're not forced to. When the fires turn up, especially when it's turned up in Israel, if they start bombing that place like I think it's going to happen here in a little bit, everybody's going to say, well, who is the Jews? The Father is just allowing these people to be okay. And then when it's turned up over here on us, the conversation is going to be forced by fire. You don't have to listen to us right now. Brother Seth tripping on something. Okay. Sister Eliana, oh, they just black supremacists. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not laughing. It's not a funny matter. But I believe it's happening. Trump is major. He was God's choice. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it. I can't stand the man. But he was God's choice that it might be fulfilled. Those words I love and hate in the Bible. That it might be fulfilled. Seth, I don't care how you feel. It has to be fulfilled, certain things. And that man has to be where he is. We're God's choice. It's an embarrassment for us to be acting like fools. Jesus, is the Eliana at the beginning. She was saying all the things we're called to do as a people. That was powerful. We are the leaders of the planet. We're supposed to introduce the Father, Yah, to the, all the nations. We, are, we present the purest form of worship. We pre- present the purest form of praise. We got the Bible thumpers. We got folks on the, on the street holding a 40 ounce full of the word. We are Israel. And because of us being the eldest son, we get the most lashes. It don't seem fair unless you look at the whole big picture and see how good we had it for so long. And then you'll understand why so much pain and why the Father would allow them to be shooting us by the dozens in every city in the future coming up. I just believe I don't want it to happen. I pray it don't. But I can't stop the most high. So, brother, I feel you. It don't really matter if the 400 years is here or not. It really don't matter. They're boasting. And the Father is going to resurrect his remnant. He has to that his name be preserved. It's all about him. It's all about his glory. It's all about his his word. It ain't even about us, per se. It is and it ain't. We're just fulfilling well, prophecy. Can I chime in Because I wanted to... Yeah, we got another, about... phone, another question uh, when you get done, Sister Eliana. Erico um, 313784, I think that's Detroit. We'll, we'll come to you in a little bit. Go ahead, Sister Eliana. What I wanted to say, too, what, what I was saying about that 400 years, because at 2019, according to the Gregorian calendar of which we were brought here under... Brought here in August of twenty of of, of sixteen nineteen, 
that August of 2019 is going to delineate that 400-year period. Now, what that means, what that really means is that, remember, the Most High said you're going into chastisement. So we went into chastisement. We can see that. You know, we, we can see that because if the Father was fighting for us, truly fighting for us, they wouldn't be able to kill us like they do. That's right. They wouldn't have been able to do all the things uh, that they've done over the years consistently, the hangings, the lynchings, you know, the strange fruit on the trees. If the Father was really fighting for us throughout this time of our captivity, they wouldn't have been able to accomplish all those things because, remember, in Scripture, Israel was a mighty fighting force. And the Most High would fight along with Israel to give them victories. Sometimes Israel would get a little defeat because it, was, it had to do with their leadership and what the people were doing. But when the Father was with them and they were on point with the Father, the Father always sent out the singers first. And you talk about a battle. You talk about war. He would send out the worshipers, the choir, and the voice, the sound of the Hebrew voices singing. You know, people don't like gospel music. You know why? Because the people are screaming. They're not screaming. But when the Hebrew voice is crying, especially the female voices, starts crying out and moaning out to, to the most high, to the tone and the sound of the melodic sound of the music, if you don't really know the most high, you get confused. I've seen it in churches. When people begin to sing, that choir gets revved up and they get more and more excited People that don't know the Father, they don't know what to do. And people get up to leave and get plain in the spirit. They're trying to run because our voices are weapons of warfare. But we know we've been singing in our churches. We're not singing in front of the nations like ancestors used to do in front of our armies. But I'm going to tell you, after the 400 year comes to the close, then the Most High will begin to fight for us. That's why I said, we might not just come out right away like in September, but we know that that ends that chastisement period. Now the Father can reactivate the covenant with us and begin to fight for us, and they will not be able to get away with what they've been getting away with. And he will deliver us, as he said. So that that period is very, very significant because we've been crying out for a long time, just as I was reading in Deuteronomy 26. When the children of Israel cried out, then the Lord heard them and he answered them. We've been crying and crying out and crying out and crying out. They're killing our children, our young men and our young women. They're killing us. They're killing us. They're doing this. They're poisoning our food. They're poisoning our water. They're poisoning our cities. They're doing everything. They're miseducating us. They're doing everything to destroy us. They, you know, when our young soldiers came back from World War I, they, put, they gave them syphilis. They thought syphilis was going to run rampant through our community and kill us. They gave us AIDS. They put AIDS in our community. They've been trying the vaccines. They've been trying to kill Israel. But the Father has a purpose for Israel, and that's why we're not all dead. But some of us are dead. Some of us have been killed. But not all of us, because the Most High has a purpose. So this is the insignificance, and we have to speak hope. Yes, we need to be cautious, but we cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid. It sounds like fear, just like when they went into the tent, those 12 spies went into the land. So what if, if the Most High doesn't get us out on the, 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 the first day after the 400 years? Should we then stop teaching that we're coming out of captivity? Absolutely nope. not. We must encourage the people. That's we must right. encourage the people. 
We cannot speak fear and don't tell them the truth so that they're not prepared to meet their Yah because we're afraid that the Yah might not move when we think he's going to move. No, we have to be like Yahshua and Caleb. We have to say our God can deliver us by many or by few. We cannot be afraid. That's right. So what false prophets have come and gone? The Most High is not false, and we are not speaking a false prophecy. We're speaking the word of the Most High, Yah. He will deliver his people, and we must encourage the people. We must encourage them. The reason why they sojourned 40 more years in the wilderness for no reason is because of the spirit of fear. The people were afraid of the giants. Yeah, we're facing giants. But Israel, we have a giant, Yah, who's well able to bring us out, and he will do it. The scripture says Damascus will be turned into a rubble, a, a, a ruinous heap. What's happening in Damascus? Look at the news. The Most High is on the move. He's on the move, and he's on the move for his people. They're bombing Damascus. Things are happening. Scriptural things are happening. The very first nation that came against us in slavery was Greece. Greece had an economic collapse maybe, what, six years ago, seven years ago. Greece was the first of those nations. The Most High is dealing now economically. That's why they're talking about Bitcoin and alternative currency. The Most High is dealing with these nations that prospered off of the backs of slavery and, and, and got rich because of us. We can't be afraid. We're at the time of the end. We're not. I refuse to be afraid. I'm not going yeah. to be afraid. I'm not going to allow anybody to make me feel afraid and cautious and fearful that the Most High might not act, because I have seen him do abundantly, above and beyond all that I could think or ask. He does not fail, and he will not fail. And I'm putting that on Yah who created everything. It's not on Sister Eliana. It's on Yah. He said he would do it. He said he would do it. He said he would do it. I'm declaring what he said he would do for his people. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. We need to take courage. We need to be encouraged. We need to speak to our, our brothers and sisters and say, take courage. We're almost out of here. He's going to do it. And we need to convey that message so that the people can be ready. We've been in bondage far too long. The night has been far spent. It doesn't matter if the whole world, the scripture said, though a thousand fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand. If we're trusting in the name of the Most High God, yet shall it not come nigh thee. He will bring us out. Even if this whole peace goes up in flames, the Most High God knows how to send an angel in the midst of the flames and lead his children out of this nation. We should not be yeah. afraid to declare yeah. the word of yeah. the Most High Yah to our people. Thank we you. should not be afraid to declare it because he's going to do it. We should not. Who do we think we're serving? Call we're serving the greatest hour in the universe. And he's our Yah. Powerful. And I know, I know beyond a shadow doubt, Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva, Apostle Reynolds in Forward, Texas, echo what you're saying. He do know if he would be out in the street preaching the way he do. But Brother Reynolds, if you can, in less than a minute, comment. And i got to go to Erico 31374, whose hand has been up a while. But y'all have got to, uh, um, and, and uh, I just think the sister needed to say what she's saying. Um 
okay? It's just, it, it's just, every once in a while, you know, our emotions, uh, let me just go to Brother Reynolds. I want to hear, hear what he has to say. Brother Reynolds, go ahead uh, uh, with what you got to say, please. Any comments? Quickly, quickly, yes, quickly. yes, just, just briefly, just briefly. I, I, I wasn't insinuating, and 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 if you were discerning that I was fearful that the Most High uh, prophecy won't come to pass, uh, uh, well, 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 then your discernment is, is is wrong because I I have no doubt about the word of Yah, but I just I'm not saying that we should just be cautious and, and prayerful. And not and, and and just uh uh just let the Most High do what He's going to do because even Yahweh said that no man knows the day nor hour, not even the Son of Man. And I think we should just just leave it right there. Yes, He's going to return back. Yes, the signs are showing, but when it comes to us uh uh, uh trying to pinpoint God's uh I mean God's timing on a a Gregorian calendar uh. Uh, I just disagree because we we just need right. to just just let him be yeah. Thank you. Okay, brother. Okay. Well, listen, listen. I appreciate you bringing up stirring up the pot here, and you weren't just starting to tell you. It was a very you you made you was just saying as brothers and sisters we should be aware. Of. And I think we are being cautious. I really do. I just think that there's a difference of opinion as to when. Like the sister was sitting in the season, she wouldn't point a date. She wasn't saying a certain date. She even said that five or ten years. So we, we don't want to be the dead horse. We we we, we get what you're saying, and, and it's well taken. We need to be cautious. We need to be cautious. We need to be cautious. I just think you got some scholars on the line. They have been cautious. They've been studying this for many years, and they feel like they've heard from the Father, and they're declaring his word. But, of course, we respect your call and appreciate it. When I put you on hold, go ahead and press 1, because if you want to come back on later, you can comment again. All right, brother? Brother Patrick? Okay, Brother Patrick is there, and, and yes, I appreciate yes, what you're saying. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, and I appreciate oh. what he was saying. I really do. Eric Code three one three. We saw you had the whole so long, but this this was a very, very hot topic, and I shouldn't say hot. It just was relevant. You know, it just was just something we needed to do. It just was powerful, powerful, powerful insight. So let's come to you, Eric Code three one three seven eight four. My boys is going a little slow here. Hold on a second. I don't know why this thing is taking forever. To bring on your line, give me a, give it a second. The, the my board, I hit I hit live, but it's taking its time to open up your line. Okay, I don't even see them no more. Well, people just don't have patience. Hopefully, he didn't hang up. Uh, I don't see three one three anymore. Okay, there you go. He's still on. Okay, brother, hold on one second, brother or sister, hold on one second. Please forgive me. My computer is taking its time. But anyway, uh, Sister uh, Eliana, Dito, Dito to what you just said. I think that was very right. powerful. I, I understand yeah. where the brother was coming from. I respect what he's doing, and we better be careful. But I think once you're careful, eventually you'll get away from the Father. you got to speak it. <laughs> and I think you spoke it. I, we just yes. when it gets time, we can't be afraid to say it's time. We can't call a day like he was saying. He's a very intelligent question. You can't call a day. Can't call an hour. We're just saying that we're coming to an end. 
Rejoice, Israel. Seek the Father, Israel. Make sure your heart is right. Make sure the virgins have those candles lit because there is going to come a changing of the guard. It's going to become, I don't know, I hate to reboot my computer, but I cannot bring this caller on. What is going on here? See, this is why I work with more than one computer. Goodness. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Sister Ellen, like I was saying, that was powerful. I, I, I actually love the emotions. Our emotions is good as long as they're serving the kingdom, as long as you can be emotional about the things of the Father. You can be excited. You can be a little bit angry. You can be, and I don't think you was directing at him. You was just talking. No telling what you went through in this, in this, in, in this week and, 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 and the enemy trying to say, oh, it's not going to happen. So I know by the Spirit you wasn't just talking to their brother because I felt it. And my wife and I was in the same room, and she's looking at me like, oh, this sister is preaching. We needed to hear that. That's right. And you know, and I wasn't angry. It wasn't anger. I just what I was saying is I can I you know, we listen I mean a lot of people are listening to this show and some people are weak in their faith and they are hopeful. And but we want to encourage them that yes, it is a for sure thing. You know, I was reminded this week I was listening to another teaching and I was reminded when the scripture says that all of those that came before us, that it says the, the, the scripture on faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. But that many of those people, they were sown asunder. They had all this. It says all these died not having received the promise, but they had the faith. And so that's what I wanted to encourage the people. No, it wasn't that Brother Patrick. I have great respect for Brother Patrick, and I, 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 I hear in his voice the humility, and I, I understand the depth. He is very, very um, deeply spiritual, and he knows, the, he knows the Father, and he's walking with the Father. No, it was not directed at Brother Patrick, but I was trying to push past in case anyone became fearful or the people that are listening begin to say, oh, my gosh, because we are going through a lot in this country. And I wanted to send out that encouragement beyond the word caution, because for some, like, you know, I have people in my family that they they are a little fearful because they've been through, you know, um, Jim Crow. And, and Eric, I just got my, my computer up. We'll come to you in a second. My computer's up now. But go ahead, Cecilia. Eliana, if you can finish up, please. Go ahead. And so we have people in our family that were almost lynched, and they've been through Jim Crow. And when you are talking about, you know, the powers that are over our nation at this time and their aggressiveness, and and they start remembering, and we say the Father's going to bring us out, and then we see them, you were saying they're going to be killing us. And I believe that, too. I believe it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. But we have to look up because our redemption draws nigh. We have to know that our Father is going to come, and there's a lot that's going to happen, but we can't be afraid, you know, we cannot be afraid to move on and to continue to declare with that voice of thanksgiving, publish it, declare it, speak it, you know, some of us that are listening on your show right now, they oh, okay, are hold on, start- Cecilia, I, I, let me do this, let me do this, because this person been holding, I couldn't get them on, and I don't know what kind of time they're working with, do, do my favor and hold that thought, and let me just see what Erica 313784 has, can you mind? Sure, go if you don't mind, hold that, hold that thought. Be sure and finish here in a second. Erica three one three seven eight four. I apologize, but my literally had to reboot my computer here. So go ahead with your question or comment for our guest. What city are you calling from? Uh, Shalom. I'm calling from 
uh, Newport News, Virginia. Okay, who am I speaking with? Detroit, Michigan. Okay, and who am I speaking with? Uh, This is Lorenzo. Okay, Lorenzo from Detroit, Michigan. Go ahead with your question and comment, please. Well, I just was trying to make like a question and a comment. I I was trying to understand, like, you know, I've been seeing, you know, where people were saying that, uh, you know, due to Trump, what he's doing in Syria, that, uh, you know, he's going to, that the U.S. Army and the Allies are going to soon uh, destroy Damascus, and that's going to be fulfilled. That's going to fulfill prophecy of um, the eventual, um, you know, the eventual time where Yah will send out his fishers and uh, begin to gather, you know, the remnants of the people from the four corners and these different things. But I'm trying to understand is um, the timeline, uh, because is it a thing where, okay, where where the timeline for Abraham with the sojourn for 400 years in a strange land, would that come before the the time of Jacob's troubles, the uh, the time of Jacob's troubles, which I think was believed seven years, and then the going back. Well, to the let, let me let me say this. Let me say this, and then and due respect to you, because you just simply asking the question. You came online. I noticed when your phone call had happened. You came after we set the press the the, the preface for the whole show, and we're a little bit off topic. Mm-hmm. Brother, the brother asked a question about the four years. I don't want to get too deep into that and prophecy and all that because people are going to be tuning into the archives in the future to this show. They're going to be listening to how can I live? How what should I do to live? But what you're saying is not that off topic. Because people do need to know. Uh, it is going to affect us, and it's not going to affect us. But I will say this, and I want everybody, if y'all can, this is a challenge. I'm going to put the Sister Kaviva and Sister Eliana Steele on. If you can go after I go, and then Sister Kaviva, you can kind of gather your thoughts. I want to spend no more than about two or three minutes on this, really, because I want to go on to talk about how do we live, all right? So that's what we'll do. We're going we're gonna to answer this brother out of respect for him, no more than six minutes out of the three of us, and then we're going to take a little short break. When we come back from the break, we're going to deal with how do we live, how do we live, different things day-to-day, by day by day, how do we live? Okay, but brother, let me just say this. The hunters and fishers are already out. The hunters and fishers are already out. That's why YouTube has exploded with people talking about we Israelite. That's why you're on the line right now. A hunter and a fisher got to you. I'm a hunter or a fisher. We have, I've been in 24 countries looking for Israel, saying, hey, man, you know you're Israelite? Hey, brother, y'all going through this? I think y'all are Israelite. What do you mean we are Israelite? Well, look at y'all. You look at you. You're over here. Do you go through this ship? Came to your slave ship. You're Israelite. And then you don't have to fly nowhere. You can just be in your own Detroit and say, man, where are they at? What are they? That's a hunting fishing spirit. You begin to look and research, and then when you do find them, you go tell them, hey, wake up. That's what these blogs are about. Hey, we're fishing. We're hunting. We're letting people know. That's already happened. I do think well, yeah. just me talking. About, I'm like Pastor Paul. I do have the Holy Spirit, but I believe Trump is going to—they're going to do something very major, and it's going to cause all of the Arabic nations to attack Israel. Israel is going to be destroyed either from physically, where I mean, many deaths, or the government going to fall. Some kind of way it's going to fall. People are going to say, "Well, where are they all the Jews?" At the same time, fires turn up over here on us. And I think it's going to be the question of the century, and it's going to be answered. It's being answered now, but everybody's trying to shut up. Churches are taking asylum, the, the, the fifth day, not saying anything about it. But they're going to say something. Fire is going to force these pastors to talk about it. 
scared of losing members or not, fire is going to force them, and it's going to force the world to ask the question. So a lot of this is already happening. Sister Eliana, I went over two minutes. You go ahead and then, Sister Kaviva, if you could chime in and, and respect this brother's question, give him as much as you can in two, no more than two minutes, two or three minutes, please. Yes, and like I was going to say, um, Jacob's Trouble, We're, I believe we're entering into Jacob's Trouble right now. A lot is happening, um, but because we're going to be coming out and we're going to be reestablished as a nation, the, na- the people that are there now that the world believes are who, us are starting to realize it's not. And a lot of these nations are uncomfortable with our stand now because we're not just uh, asleep anymore. We are not um, unaware of who we are, and we're starting to declare who we are. And I believe that this is why we're entering into Jacob's trouble, because there's so much going on. Uh, We are awakening and arising. You have to remember, we are over a $1.1 trillion um, uh, buying force in this, this country and around the world. So if we start gathering and leaving this nation and all the nations where we are scattered, you're talking about economic collapse for these countries. And they, it's, you're talking about a devastation. You're talking about countries going belly up and not being able to recover. And so this is why, uh, the, the, you know, they are upset with us. They, are, they don't want us to understand who we are. They want to keep us in the dark. But also... They don't want us to rise as a people. They want to kill our strength, and especially our males, because out of our males comes a deliverer, more so not the Messiah. We have our Messiah, but a deliverer that's going to be able to um, take that lead and say, this is what the Messiah is saying, you guys, this is where we're going, and, and the Hebrew people are going to follow. And all of these troubles that are coming is going to shake and wake us up as a people. That's what Brother Seth was saying, with the fire falling, the Hebrew people are going to start saying, wait a minute, what's going on? We're going to start waking up. Right now, people feel like they have the leisure to to believe or not believe. I'm not with that Hebrew thing, man. I'm I'm Kimmet, or I'm with, uh, you know, this, or I'm with something else. But when, they, when, it, when it all starts to get real super heated, they're going to start looking for these Hebrew teachers because no longer are people going to be able to say, well, I got a bunch of, you know, white friends or all my friends are Asian or all my friends are Hispanic and I'm, you know, I'm down with this group and I'm not really with that. When all the nations start really turning against us, then the people are going to start looking to gather together. And that's the Father's plan to bring us out because we're talking about over 40 million people with very diverse opinions, ideas, individuality. We've been in, the, in this, this country so long that, you know, we – think we're Americans, we are culturated, we are, you know, we are doing well, we're prospering, some of us, some of us are not, but, you know, we're all different, and some of us don't like each other, because, you know, I might have a Mercedes and you don't, you know, you might wear your pants sagging, and I like a man whose pants are up to his waist with his belt, but it has nothing to do with it. Now, as a Hebrew people, as a nation, we need to come together. So, Kaviva, jump in, please. Yes, Sister Kaviva, you're, you're back. I see you. your line dropped, but you're back. Go ahead, please. And no more two, two or three minutes, please. Yes, what you're saying is so it's so right um, that it is, um, I do believe, uh, according to what uh, Eliana was saying, that we are at a time of uh, 
the beginning stages of Jacob's trouble. And if you're kind of like going into scripture, you have to know that we are going to go back into the land because we're going to be able to flee to Petra, you know, going into the rocks to hide and uh, and, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and the waters will not come upon it because they're going to try to destroy us. But we're going to be able to flee and go into that area. So in what you're asking, yes, you're trying to set a timeline. Yes, we are coming into it. But one of the things I really wanted to say about it, really at the time of what we're living in, really is a time that with all of this trouble, it is a call to prayer. God is calling upon us to call upon his name. That's why these things kind of like Brother Seth was saying, it will increase. We are to call. These things are designed for us to call upon the name of the Most High, El El Young, to call upon him right now. So, therefore, that He, when he comes, we are coming into that connection, into that place of deliverance. So, yes, this is the time. Uh, this is a part of that time. This is a part of what's going on. But it's a design plan of the Most High to get us to turn back toward him and to begin to call upon his name. As the scripture said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, you know, this is where we are. We need to seek the face of the Most High. These things are not just happening, but it's to get us to put an urgency in our bellies, in our spirit, and in our souls to call upon the Most High God and say, God, we need you, Daddy. We need you to deliver us now, O Father. And so this is, I will say that, and this is what I see um, that God is doing at this present time. Yes, yes, yes. Very well put. All right, call it that. Did that answer a little bit of what you had in your spirit? Does that help any? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, answering my call. And uh, peace be upon all y'all. Well, thank you. I appreciate your spirit. And I thank you, I thank you as a brother in this nation for having the heart and the mind to listen to this show and to be trying to plan. I know you're concerned about you and yours and your family. That's a man. That's a man. And furthermore, that's a man of the hour. So thank you, brother. Really, we really appreciate that. Okay, so we're going to go on and uh, take a little short little break here, folks. I'm enjoying this. It's just a little bit was off topic, but yes, actually, like I could say it, it actually is because, again, if something is going to happen to 40 million people as big as what Sister Eliana and I and Sister Kavir is saying, and I believe it, I think it's going to have It's coming. Then, for sure, if you want to know how to live, your living decisions by the moment is going to depend upon that. I mean, if the news flash came that in 2019, the most high is, and let's just say this was the truth, some kind of way we all just, let's just, come on folks, hypothetical, let's just dream here a little bit, which it is the honest to, to, to God truth, but I'm just saying if the news said it, you know how they are. If they came on and just told the truth and for, in, in the year 2018, it's going to be 400 years, and we have already planned on just exterminating as many blacks as we can because we believe that we know they're going to leave. We know that just like Pharaoh, we know they're going to leave, so we please don't go. Don't take our income. So Eliana just dropped the bomb. She's right. One trillion in buying power. We can't let y'all walk up out of here. You're going to ruin us. You're going to do it. It's actually... This right here, this kind of talk, 
it's actually could be looked at as a terrorist move, economic terrorism. To pull up a, a tree and even half that or a quarter of that or how many others would leave, that's something. So I could see a spirit of murder rising up to stop them just like in Pharaoh time. Folks, we ain't just on this line just talking for our health. This is scriptures. We're talking about your Bible. I was just looking at Sister Eliana, I was just looking at some of my notes from uh, some previous shows and just some of the research on was online. Do y'all know Remnant, the father talking about a remnant be savage, a remnant would be savage, a remnant would be served. Or I, I, I will bring them back from all the nations which I scatter. I will bring them back. I will bring them back. I will bring. This is your Bible. This is your Bible, folks. I just can't understand why a lot of these pastors just, they just don't want to talk about none of this. It's just, just all about building their empires. Folks, we'll be right back. Sister Eliana, Sister Kaviva, y'all here with a little short break. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that short break. short break. We'll be right back, folks. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Your ladder will be greater than your past.
best is yet to come. Our best is yet to come. I want to say a few more things before I bring on the sisters. Again, I'm enjoying this show. Very relevant. Thank you, everyone, for the questions. No dead questions. Very exciting, informative questions tonight. We appreciate everybody that contributed to this show so far. We really, really do. Folks, listen, don't forget, um, we've been talking about this for a while. This is not our first part. Those of you tuning in and you're first hearing this for tonight, we've been talking about how should we live as the real Israelites for four programs straight. We've covered different aspects of life on each show. So go back and listen to three. Go back and listen to two. Go back and listen to one. We've covered all types. It looks like we're only averaging about two or three areas a show, but that's okay. Um, so I want to uh, just remind everybody to go into Google.com. Google this. It's, it, that's the fastest way to do it. Google it. Google five smooth songs. Blog Talk Radio. And just go down where it says, How Should We Live as the Israelites? And you will see all four parts. Check them out. There's no long shows, but this is, this is a very serious, very serious topic, folks. we got to know how to live. You're not going to in your churches. They're going to tell, tell you how to live as a Christian, as a believer, and that is very important. Our righteousness comes from Christ and his blood. Some people say, the flesh profits nothing. Well, try to live without your last name. Try to live without your driving license. Try to live with anybody addressing you by your name and come back and holler at your boy. It profited nothing compared to the spirit. I said, I'm going to say it again. The flesh profited nothing compared to the spirit. Who we are in Christ is 15 trillion times more important than who we are in the flesh. But I'll tell you one thing. There's a lot of confused people that know who they are in Christ, but they don't understand prophecy. They have to admit their mind is telling them something is wrong with us as a people. They don't, they don't know quite. They don't have all the answers. You know, we have to sing things like we'll understand it better by and by. Many of our people sung that song forever because it's just a lot of confusion. The Bible is contradicting itself because the people in Israel are supposed to be the Jews and they are, you know, they're disobedient, but yet they're ruling the world. It's supposed to be if you're disobedient, it's to be at the bottom of all nations. So Israel is in exile on four corners going through what they're going through, don't know why, unless you have these type of voices. So Sister Eliana, Sister Kaviva might not want to acknowledge it, pioneers. I mean, we're going forth with something that's not common. This message is not common. We know who we are in Christ. These sisters I've had them on before, they know who they are in Christ, the power, the spiritual realm, uh, spiritual warfare. They know that. We know that. But I'm telling you, if it's in the book, you got to know it. If it's in the book, we got to go down the street sooner or later. If it's according to prophecy, the scripture said that Israel is going to be resurrected. It's going to be resurrected. If the scripture said that Israel is a type of time clock, like the brother was saying from Detroit, when does this happen, when does that happen? He's very wise because Israel is supposed to play a part in even the coming of the Messiah. So, folks, you've got to know these things. You've got to know these things. If you're listening by way of clicking on a link, you know to call the phone number right now. You're going to be disconnected in less than a minute. Eric code 914-205-5590. Last week we spent a lot of time talking about the enemy. Go check that out. And next week we're going to probably do another show on this topic because I still don't think we're hitting this thing like I wanted to. So we'll probably do another show to able to come on. Uh, and then the following week... Uh, uh, it's going to be a surprise. Actually, I may play that promo here in a second. But anyway, Eric Code 209-233. Sister Eliana, your line is now open. Eric Code 
Oh, Sister Kaviva, your line is now open. I want to open up by talking about something Sister Kaviva said, and that was when you get stopped by the police, because this has to do with how do we live our life for sure. Okay? Your sisters are there? Everybody Everybody okay?
But either way, think de-escalation. If he says some derogatory to me, like, boy, well, normally I would, you know, do what the average guy do, defend myself. I'm not a boy. Well, this ain't no time to win no contest with him because he has the authority on his side, and he can inflict more pain than I can if he feels threatened or if he... You just never know what spirit you're dealing with. So if he says, boy, and I don't like it, I'm looking at his badge. I don't have to necessarily say what's your badge number. I'm looking at his badge. If I don't have his badge number, I can see his card number. I can see his license. I can find out his badge without saying, what's your badge? I don't do that. I just go ahead, you know, just kind of look at him. I look. I always look him in the eye. If he says something stupid, I'm going to look him in his eye because I'm talking to his conscience. I'm talking to his soul. Again. I've already prayed and bind the spirit. This is just wise things to do with cops. Men or with men mainly. But women also, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, I think women should do the same thing. But anyway, I'm going to give him all the documents he needs. And I, if I broke the law, I'm going to say, yeah, officer, I knew better. I, I, I just, I'm going to give him a human, uh, this is what you call, psychologists call it, Appealing to his humanity. I'm going to say, you know what, I was going to work because he goes to work. I'm going to say I was going to my family because he got a family. I'm appealing. He may be acting like a devil, but he got a family. I'm going to say, yeah, I was just going to get my wife. She's at work. She gets off at 5 o'clock. I'm going to get my daughter. You know, I'm going to appeal to his humanity, letting him see I'm like you. I ain't floating here from Mars. I'm going to talk about things that he do. I was on my way, and I should have obeyed that light, but I was in a rush. You know, my bad. I don't have to tell him that, but I'm appealing to his humanity. And that's really it. I'm not going to keep on talking about a whole bunch of things, putting me down, making me look silly, laughing at Joseph, ain't it funny? But this is the wisdom the Father has given me, and I promise you, my wife has often said that, how did you do that? Oftentimes, I ask to see my insurance and my license. I show my license, and I never get to show my insurance. Because I show my life, they go back to they go back to their car and they'll run whatever and they'll come back and say, "Have a good day." Da, 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 da. This is a warning. She said, "How did you do it? You never show your insurance. It never gets that far because sometimes they're not looking for me per se. They're looking for that person to say, "What's up, mom?" You know, they're looking for that. They're looking for a fight. When I show them, I'm not ready to ready to fight. I don't want to fight you. You know, I understand you out here doing your job. You know, so folks, this is just just some wisdom. Now, to the sisters, Sister Kaviva, comments on that, please. And and let's try to take sisters no more than, I guess, the same amount of time I just took to answer that. And then we want to talk about, here's another one that's coming. The next question I'm going to ask you is about the church. A lot of people are in the church, and they, they pass this telling them, stay away from these folks. We want to address that, and then we want to talk about some other topics. I want to put about four topics, if I can, really briefly, for the folks that are looking to know how to live. So this could be the same uh, question. What do you do about the cops? Uh, again, I know you talked about it earlier. You got pulled over. But from that experience and from what I just said, what suggestions would you have to brothers and sisters being pulled over by these cops with this thing on them? Let's just go ahead and assume they, they're pulling you over for the bad. Right. Well, I think that, and all that you said is is so correct. Basically, that was my uh, focus. Of course, all the while I'm praying and I'm asking God to de-escalate whatever the enemy is trying to do at this present time, or at that present time. But basically, I, as the scripture says, soft words turn away wrath. 
And so you get a lot more with honey than you do with salt. And grievous words stirs up strife and all of these things. Yet I was very upset with them and the way they were doing it. But in my 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 wisdom said, and 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 the Lord was saying, just use these words, uh, the words of kindness. Let the love of kindness be on your tongue. Just speak softly. Uh, agree with them, because uh, there's another scripture that tells us to agree with our adversary quickly. And so we are to agree, just, yes, sir. And that's what I was saying. Well, no, I did not know that my light was out. Uh, I will get it fixed right away. I thank you for letting me know I was not aware. They took my driver's license. They ran my license. There was nothing there. And uh, coming back, but the the one, the gentleman, the, the policeman, uh uh, he was trying to make small talk with me, and uh, I kind of engaged him a little bit, you know, just keeping it, because they're, what they're doing at that moment in time is trying to make sure that you're not doing something or something. You don't start getting nervous about something that they think that you may or may not have. So I kind of engaged him, and I kind of looked him in his eye and was kind of being cordial with him. And I, I just stayed right there. I didn't try to um, elevate myself in any way, my voice, uh, my attitude. I just stayed um, subdued and quiet in a sense. But yet inside of me, I was, I, I was broken by it, the experience, because of the way they went about it. One coming up on the side of me, they can see, you know, they knew that I was an older woman, but they were coming up on one side of me and the other is coming up as if, you know. Right, right. They, now, you mentioned that earlier. Now, now let me, let me, you, you, you mentioned that earlier. So what you have said, what I gather you from, from, from what you just said is you speak slowly. That was a good one. I didn't mention that one. You speak slowly and you said move slowly. That's, a, that's another good one. And you say you prayed. That's another good one. Folks, these are nuggets to get. I mean, some of y'all probably know this and thinking and laughing because it's nothing. But I'm telling you, this is warfare. This can cost you your life. This really can and cost you your life. It is warfare. I believe that the tactics, uh, and this is where I see it, Seth, the tactics of the 60s when, like, Rosa Park might have sat in front on the front side of the bus instead of the back side because he was just fired, it wouldn't apply here today because they're so ready to shoot. They're so ready to uh, for um, a confrontation that it's not, it's not a move like that. So we have to use, uh, we have to be um, 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 wise. And uh, we have to understand that at that moment we're kind of our, there's a balance right there that our lives could be hanging in at that moment in time. So we have to use that wisdom. We have to move, like I said, move slowly. We have to keep praying and, and asking God to intervene in this situation. I did not get Absolutely. a ticket or anything. They just let me go with the warning. They didn't ask me to, to, to show my uh, insurance uh, or anything like that. They just said, get it fixed. And then he began to tell me about a new law that has come out 
that if someone hits you in the back of your car and your taillights are not working, that um, you can be liable for that accident even though they rear-ended you. So I said, okay, thank you for that. That was a good, you know, good knowledge that he had uh, given me. But we have to, we just, I believe that we just, we have to go beyond. And we do, I believe, walking in the spirit is one of the keys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. The spirit is one of the keys. We must stay there when we have a situation that we're dealing with because the Father will show us if we're in the spirit what to say, how to say it, when to say it. Absolutely. And we need to be quiet. We're not to Absolutely. say anything. Good. I appreciate that. And Sister Eliana, I want you to be thinking about what you would say to the same question. I would just say in response in less than just a few seconds here is everybody won't be able to pray in the spirit. Everybody won't know that. And so Sister Eliana, I mean, Sister Kaviva just gave us serious um, things to do. And if you're not mature enough to be as she's describing, remember what I was saying, just some common sense, a de-escalation type of tactics. To me, this is better than carrying a weapon or anything you can do to cops, going to get them in trouble, filing a complaint, de-escalation. Sister Eliana, I love what your sister just said. I want to know what you'd have to say again. Uh, how would you address cops? There's a lot of people dying. And uh, what would you say to those being stopped by the police? How do you? What do you do when you stop by the police in efforts to uh, let our listeners know how shall we live? How do we live as the real Israelites today? What would you do? Well, first of all, the first thing I would say to this is that when my sister told me this, the one thing I did was I began to, um, after we got off the phone, I began to give thanks to the Most High that Kaviva was not my brother. Uh, because had she been a male, we probably would be having a totally different conversation. She may not even be on the line for a taillight. She may, we may have buried her. So first I gave thanks to the Most High that because it was my sister and that she is a spiritual woman, that she was able to um, come through this and she was still alive here with me today. Um, how I would handle it is... Um, Probably the very same thing. I always pray before I leave my house. I pray when I get in my car. I always ask the Father. Something our natural Father taught us to do before we ever took trips and left, he would always pray for what we call journey mercies. We always entreat the Father to help us on the road, keep us from hurt, harm, accidents, danger seen and unseen, and I always pray that even to this day. I pray that way, that the Father would help me. Um, I can't say that I've had that experience yet, but I know things are escalating, so I'm not quite sure how I would handle it personally, to be honest, because I have not had the encounter. But I can tell you about an encounter that I had um, several years ago when my son had just gotten his driver license, and we had two vehicles, and he was about 16 going to high school, and we wanted to gas up the cars the night before so that they could go to school. And I followed in the van. He was driving the car, and I was behind him. And he forgot to turn on his lights being a brand-new driver at the age of 16. 
And so immediately we were coming up in our area. And at that time we were living in Oakland in a, a really affluent area near the Piedmont Montclair area. If anybody is familiar with that area, it's a very upscale neighborhood. And we're driving, and he gets pulled over. And two cops, it's a female cop and a male cop, get out. And the female is going to be the aggressor because, you know, female uh, Edomite women like to be aggressors over our males. And so I got out of my van, and the male cop pulled out his weapon and began to tell me to get back. And I was walking very slowly. I said, absolutely not. I was talking very calmly. I said, I am getting out because you have just stopped my minor son who has just received his driver license, and I need to know why, and I need to comfort him. The female was trying to scream, and then when she realized I was the mother, she changed her tone. She started asking him to roll down the window. She wanted his license and insurance, and the male cop was still with his gun drawn, telling me to step back. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I am a mother. This is my minor son. He is a new driver, and I need to make sure he's okay. And so the female backed the male down, and then she said, well, the reason why we stopped your son is because he didn't turn on his headlight. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, he is a brand-new driver, and so this probably has been missed. So they, you know, but I stood by the the door, and I can, and I talked to my son, and I said, you're okay. I said, this is a good experience for you. They're doing their job. They just want to make sure that you're safe. And then the male cop finally put his gun back in his holster, took a different posture, because I just kind of ignored his aggression and just focused on my son. And when they realized that he really was a minor and that, you know, I was his mother protecting him, they left us alone and we were able to come home. And I wanted my son to know at that moment, you know, you are okay. Nothing bad is going to happen. You haven't done anything wrong. But, you know, I haven't had the personal experience now where there's much more aggression towards us and much more uh, animosity coming at us as a Hebrew people. So I'm not sure how I would behave. I'm pretty sure what I would do is pray. I'm pretty sure I would be probably speaking in tongues before they get to the car and asking the Father to turn the situation and to right. uh, move well, it by well, well, Sister Eliana, I was just listening to you talk, if I can interject you real quickly. Uh, the one thing you did, and I don't know if you recognize what you said, but you said what I kind of hit on earlier, and uh, that was appeal to their humanity. And that was very wise of you to say those words. Uh, I don't know if I would have said absolutely not as a male, because that would have been an ego thing. I need you to step back. Absolutely not. Now you're not in compliance, and they can get you for resisting or something. So I would have complied with everything they said, everything. Okay, and now if they say, can I search your vehicle, I, you know, I would have probably said, officer, I would, that little video I played for listening listener audience some time back when it said the attorney was telling us we have rights, and I would say, officer, I know you're doing your job, you're doing a good job, but I don't consent to searches. And then they have to call a supervisor out and all that. Now, if he gets crazy and say, well, you, we are, 
I say, you know, I know you're doing your job. You guys out here, you're working hard, but I don't consider the searches. Because once you do that, you open your car for them to put things in your car, something like that. And some people don't like me saying that. They will say, yeah, you can search my car. But uh, you just, it just can go, you know. So you have to know your rights. Uh, and another thing I'm going to tell everybody after what you just said uh, is remember, if you operate – I had a turn to say this to a lot of African Americans over the internet, and he said something very wise. He said, "Folks, they love it when you're afraid of them. They love it when you're not afraid, and you know your rights, and you respectfully and respectfully." No, sir. Yes, sir. Officer, I know you're doing your job, but I don't consent to searches. Officer, you know, if they tell you to step out of the car, I would step out of the car. Okay, but them want to search your car is your right, your property. You can say now if they just still want to search your car, you know, or want to violate it and tell you about the car, you step out the car. But you, you at least stood up because what if it's a good cop? Some cops, it's like I tell people, it don't matter what your rights are, if they're racist enough, they'll just violate them. So we got to be very careful with, with throwing your rights around. But if you do it in a way where it's not, you know, again, you got to remember, de-escalate. De-escalate. How can I say this? De-escalate, because you don't know what you're dealing with. Sister Eliana, if you're done, I want to move on to Sister Church. Time is kind of ticking here. Were you done, or do you have any more little uh, toppings you want to add to that? Were you done? Well, I do. I, I just wanted to say also that, but now that I've been really cued into what's really going on around the nation and how the violence against the Hebrews are is escalating all over um, I, I'm a person, I used to love to take, like, drives and go places, you know, just see new things, just drive out of town. But what I'm doing is I'm being a lot more cautious with that now. I, I probably won't be taking, like, trips by myself too far because this is one of the things, it's just a, it's just a manhunt. You know, these are hunters. And I believe that some of these people are out of the military that have joined. It used to be that a um, military personnel could not just readily join the police force because they were in an aggressive training, and then they weren't ready for really to, to do the, the the quieter duty of civilian police work. But now I believe they're recruiting directly from the military. So some of these guys have been in Iraq and combat, and they've killed. They've killed children. They've killed elderly women. They've killed um, elderly men. They've killed. Their targets, and, and, you know, so they're coming back to the States without fear, and they want to kill. I mean, they, they've got that kill switch turned on. Another thing that I know that a lot of the, in every police department, their target practice, they're actually showing real live photos of real uh, uh, Hebrew males. It used to be that they had that black um, silhouette of the of a of an image of a human but now they're using like a picture of Trayvon Martin or you know your your cousin uh Joe or they're using real photos that are blown up as target practice um uh practice uh, targets so that they can kill so these they're already hyped up they're on a, like steroids they are shooting at real black images and they have a kill switch turned on they're ready for war. They want to. They want something to happen, and so they want to. They do want to start a race war, and so we have to know. You know, there will be a war, and we will fight. 
there is a time for that, but it, it's I don't believe it's this time, and they're trying to um, escalate a fight with Israel right now, and the Most High is, the, you know, the scripture talks about in Malachi, there will be a fight, but what they're trying to do is escalate a race war between us here on the soil to justify their murders of us, but um, I don't believe it's the time at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and because we are not a people of war, most black people I know, so-called black people, and I don't say that because y'all, if I saw too much Hebrew, some people don't think I'm talking about blacks, some people think I'm not talking about, so I just say blacks, but we as a people, the 40 million we're talking about tonight, folks, I don't believe we are people of war. We're not organized, we don't, we don't, we, only people taking blood among us mostly is young people misguided. Okay, uh, young people selling drugs, and, and 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 these same people, I remember in Cincinnati when they had the riots, and and, and they told the Cincinnati police, y'all cannot use real bullets. This is the riots is going on. I want everybody to have rubber bullets. They had real bullets on them, but they could only shoot that with the rubber bullets, and they was ordered. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, all these thugs about to take out these cops. They can't shoot with rubber bullets. This is a bloodbath for the cops. You would think, with the way they were mistreating all of these people in Cincinnati when the last riots happened, I don't know if y'all remember some years back, but those young boys who were sitting up killing each other, I mean, Cincinnati is off the hook, been off for a long time. It's just quietly not reported. I mean, I think I put them up against L.A., Detroit, New York. For them to be so small, and they've had 21 unarmed black men shot, and so it just began to riot. And so watch this, folks. Do y'all know those thugs that kill each other would not harm not one cop? Not one person. Not that I wanted them to, but I just thought that's what would happen because they were pulling guns on seniors, pulling guns on crowds of people. I mean, and they took the black cops and made them traffic and, and put the white cops inside the community riding around. I mean, just harassing like you have never seen black folks in the modern era. I saw with my own eyes. You would think. The black thugs, so-called, I shouldn't say thugs because everybody that's, you know, strapped and, and, and hip is not thugs necessarily. But you would think that they would have taken the opportunity since they can't shoot back. All I'm saying is we are programmed to not kill them but to kill ourselves, most of us that do have these guns. So we're not a people of war is what I'm trying to say. So, Sister Eliana, I want to say this about this topic. We're going to move on talk about the church. I mean, then we we'll start wrapping up. We're only going to be able to maybe hit the church and then that be it. Folks, listen, uh, again, thank you everyone for tuning to Five Simple Stones tonight. Again, we're talking about how should we live as the real Israelites. We've talked about several topics. If you listen, where you can really value as far as uh, living, uh, thriving, making good decisions. But I hear a little fear. i got to say this. i got to say this. I don't want anybody to be afraid of cops because the whole purpose of Christ coming is to give us peace. Is to give us joy in the midst of pain, in the midst of calamity. We're supposed to have a joy. We're supposed to have a peace. There's a lot of cops that would not think about doing nothing to us. There's a lot of cops that are working to turn in those that are. There's a lot of police chiefs that don't play. If they cops even remotely do something crazy, they get rid of them. If some people get fired, it's not a lot of them, but they are getting fired. Everybody ain't clan on the report on the police force, but I do believe there's a small element. Don't take but a small element. 
But uh, the vast majority of the police forces all across the country, I don't believe it's Klan. I heard them talk. They don't like what's going on. We don't know all the battles of cops getting fired. This one police went on, on. He just said, I don't care about career. He made it a, he went to the press conference. Just the police took it up on his own to do a press conference and said, we, we have quotas. We have quotas. We're stopping y'all because we have quotas. And they said, you know you're going to lose your job. And he said, I don't care. He said, our police chief is making us, especially in a certain area in Cincinnati, we're, we're, it's quotas. And I think he did get fired. But, but praise the Father for, for people like him. There's policemen like that. I've seen policemen rise up from being a policeman to, to get into politics and to, to try to work with the community. It's not all of them. It's just so traumatic to our psyche when we see how one or two police officers talk to some of these boys and you start thinking it's all of them. It's not all of them. It's not. It's not even most of them. It's not even half of them. Even if it's 1%, that's too many. And they're going to make the papers. It's not. I was reading the other day, Sister Eliana, Sister Kaviva, there's over, I did the numbers, it's something like a million people arrested every day or something like that. And, and the, the, the amount of people that die, it is, it is small. It's just one is too many. One is too many. But if you look at how many is arrested, they're not killing all of us. They're not killing most of us. They're not killing 90% of us. They're not even killing 95% of us. It's more like 2%, but 2% could mean 200 people. It's in the 90s of people that's not getting killed. But it's it's also, as far as people getting harassed, now you're talking about, now you're talking about something. How many of us getting harassed? How many of us, you know, how many times they talk to us the wrong way? Okay, now we're talking about some numbers, probably 30, 40%, something like that. But as far as murders, I mean, I'm not saying it's good. I just want us to not be fearful. Trust in the Most High. When you pray in faith, believe in the Father will protect us. Danger is everywhere. You can walk outside your door in a nice affluent neighborhood and get shot. So I just want us to remember that Christ, he came to, to, to and died, and the blood was shed so we would have a relationship with the Father. And the Father promises if we do this, he'll do that. He'll, if you keep your mind on me, I'll keep you in perfect peace. And I know these sisters know that, but I just, because Sister Eliana and Sister Kaviva, I love what they're doing. They are making it real tonight. They're saying some things. I know some of y'all might get a little afraid, but just know we don't have to fear no man. There's no man more powerful than the power that lies in us. Our our problems is no match for our creator. And I know these sisters know that better than I know them. Probably I know it. So let me let me let me let me do this, and I want to switch gears and start talking about the church, and then we're gonna wrap up here in a little bit. Was somebody saying something just then? Yeah, I well, just wanted to say I think what what's happening in our community is that we are disheartened because we see that the judicial system is not uh, serving up justice, even though the numbers may be small in the murders, but. Is too many cops getting off, and when the videos are played and the real stories told, they really had no reason to kill. And the number of bullets that they're pumping out is not justified. And when the judicial system says they are not guilty, I think that's bringing our people into a place 
of, you know, we're disillusioned with the, the legal system. So maybe there is a little fear, and, of course, that brings the fear because we feel that if they can do this and they, if they can get away with it on this hand, they can get away with it on every hand. But that could be, you know, why there's that disheartening fear there. But you're right, the Most High is powerful, and if we are walking with him and trusting him, you know, he will fight our battles. But, you know, we also would like to see justice served properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, yes, Um, this is Sister Kaviva. I just wanted to say that, and I'm just going to go to the scripture, too, a little bit here, because Paul said it this way. He said it's our light afflictions that's working for us a more exceeding weight of glory. These are afflictions, and these are the things. These are the things that we're going through, but they're working for us a a more weighted glory in the most high. And it's bringing us to a, a, another level. But as as Eliana was saying, there's nothing to fear. And I, I, I kept hearing that uh, the scripture of the Lord said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you, yes. I will strengthen thee, yes. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So we don't have, we don't have to be afraid. And I was just going to say that, you know, I've faced death on several occasions. I was almost killed in a car accident where I, 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 my life was hanging in the balance. I'm not afraid to die, nor am I afraid that they, uh, the, the, uh, that if I had to go that way, if that's what the Lord uh, deemed so, then so be it. But my my thought was is why did they have to pull me over in such a manner and why did they have to gather that's my that's my so to let them know and to be compliant with them I like I said I raised my hand and let them know that I had nothing in my hand and so as they came around the car uh, with their hands on their guns they realized I had nothing in my hands. So I think that was wise to. I think that was wise, wise, Kaviva. You said that earlier. uh, What happened with them coming around? The thing I just wanted to just 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 wanted to put you, if you didn't mind, I'm just looking at the time. Second, I did want to hit just a little bit the church before we run. So listen, I just want to say this. well taken, both of you. I see exactly. I'm sure everybody see exactly what we're saying. Trust the Most High. Call on Him, and you got. You can't trust somebody you don't know. That would mean we have to get closer. All of us have to get closer. So when we do call on the Father, it won't be like a genie. You know, like oh, I want to make a wish. We'll know Him. We're walking with Him. We were already talking with Him when they pulled us over. You know, and I'm trying to talk about super spiritual stuff, folks. Cause we got a lot of people that don't pray like that, but. You can't know somebody or, or trust somebody. Uh, I don't care how long you go to church. You know, you got to at some point believe that he really is real and he's in our life and he's doing it. And once we get to that point and we trust him, yes, we can have that peace. I don't care who pulls us over. I saw a gentleman get pulled over one time and he literally had six cops all around him. Young yeah. Mel, I applauded him. I don't know if y'all saw this video. And he told a little young black dude in the, in the back of the seat, he said, man, keep your hands where they can see you. He said, I'm not going to be fearful. He told him, he said, y'all not going to believe this. <laughs> 
he was declaring his sovereign a sovereign right. Now, many people don't know this. I'm not going to get too deep into this because we've got to move on to another topic. But there are citizens that claim sovereign rights, and they don't have to. I know this sounds really crazy, okay? It's just another show I have to do in the future. But a lot of whites claim this, and we don't know this. There's a way you can claim sovereign rights, and you don't answer to the police. You answer to the sheriff's department because of the way the government was first set up. And, I mean, these cops had to call in their supervisors because they weren't familiar, but they knew it was not they knew they, they knew they knew he was on to something, so they said we they call a, 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 a supervisor. The supervisor told this young black man this. He said, "I know what you're saying to be true." He said, "You are right." He said, "You probably think police don't have any any power, and you answer on to the sheriff's department, and you don't have to have a driving license." He said, "That's absolutely right." The gentleman said, "You're absolutely right." He said, well, I'm going to give you a ticket. He said, well, you know, I can't take the ticket because it's under this domain. He said, well, you're right again. So we'll put the ticket on your windshield. Now, I heard some people here talk about this many years ago about this, and I, I know it's true, but I'm thinking to be a black man, to, 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 to demand this was bold. And they let him go. <laughs> they weren't making fun of him. They was telling him, no, yeah, it's true what you're saying. See, a lot of people don't know your rights. I mean, I'm not saying go do that <laughs> unless you remember. This young black boy knew his rights. He was quoting from an entire set of laws we don't go by. But the police department recognized that, and I, guess, I think a lot of white males actually operate on this system. A lot of people don't know, but this, this talks, it talks about your sovereign rights. As a, I, can't even, I can't even articulate it. And it was the, it's, he, he, he filmed everything. This was a real-life situation, folks. And the police let him go with the warning. And it was he and he was telling that he didn't have to prove the car. He said, unless my vehicle been in, in some kind of danger, unless I've done anything to anybody, you have no claims to this vehicle. You have no claims to stop me unless you have something I've done. He said, what have I done? What did you know that I did? He said, if I do something, you have the right to, to question me. But if, if this vehicle, if you don't have anything to say to me, you have no rights to nothing. I mean, in, in so many words, he, he used more articulations and quoted more laws. But, folks, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I did, I have heard of it before. Some of you may know. If you're on the phone lines, you know, but I just press one. I don't. Anyway, I just want to wrap this show up. It's, it's, it's already pretty late. Now, probably should not even bring up the whole church thing. So what, how do you sisters feel about coming on next week? And we could talk about the church and, and maybe how to raise a family. Because we got a little bit off track with the 400 years, but I, I feel like some people can use that some kind of way because if something is, is going to jump off, and it will jump off in 2019, either way, it, it's going to start if it don't jump off. You need to plan accordingly. So that is going to affect how you live. But more specifically, we, people want to know things like, you know, they're in these churches and they're being told and treated like something wrong with them just because they believe the, the word. We want to give them some advice. And then there's uh, individuals want to know how, how to deal with a family. You know, some people, I know we're not in bondage by the Sabbath or the feast days. I know we're not just we're not justified by them. Some people like to keep them. And so I wanted to kind of hit on how do we articulate the, the, the feast days and what do you do with your family and what about teens that may not understand and how do you bring teens about to see. And we just want to get into the family. And I think we probably should do a part five. How do you supposed to feel about that for next week? Oh, yes, that's fine for me. 
Oh, yeah, that's fine, because then we can break things down, take have a little more time for the discussion. So, yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Well, let's do this, because it's, it's almost time to wrap up, and I know there's no reason to talk about the church. That's going to open up probably a whole hour conversation. So I, for my better judgment, is probably just to go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, any closing thoughts on what we've talked about? We're going to come back next week, family. You just heard it with your own with, with with your own ears that we're going to come back next week and do a part five with the sisters. There may be other guests we don't know yet. Uh, I kind of like leaning towards our all-women panel, so we may get another sister to join them. I don't know. But I want to go ahead and y'all just wrap up with any things that's in your spirit, any closing comments. Make it no more than two or three minutes, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. I want to play a little clip on what's going to happen two weeks from now, not next week, but two weeks from now. I'm going to play a little clip I, I made, and then we'll just, uh, after that, play a final song. But go ahead, sisters. And Sister uh, Kaviva, why don't you go first and just, just What's on your heart? Any more things you want to say in like two or three minutes, please? Yes, I. Yes, I just wanted to tell the people that we just we just need to be encouraged because this is a great time. This is a wonderful time. This is a time that our souls have longed for, knowingly and not knowingly. We are, we we've been waiting for a change, and this is the change that is coming, and we need to be excited about it. We are getting chance to be close to our Father. We are getting close to coming back into a land that belongs to us. We are coming back into a time with the Father that is going to be like no other time. It's that time of Yom Shukalos Shabbat, a time of all Shabbat a time of rest and relaxation, a time of peace uh, that we've never known before. This is a good time that we're coming into, and God is He's bringing us sovereignly into this place. He's moving by his spirit, and so we need to be encouraged. And all that we don't know, as we go along, he is going to bring it to us. He's going to teach us. He's going to let us know. He's awakening us uh, sovereignly. And so we just need to take courage. Question to you, Sister Eliana. Okay. And so I just want to say also, just echoing with that um, voice of encouragement, we don't need to be afraid because the Most High Yah has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power, love, and a sound mind, and we are coming out. We are coming to our day of redemption. We need to rejoice and be exceedingly glad because this is something, again, the Most High has promised our Father, and we are coming to that day of redemption. So prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, draw nigh to him, close to him, and he will draw close to you because that has been his desire since the foundation of the world, to be close to the people that he loves. And he truly loves Israel, the people, and the land. So we are the people, and it is our land, and we are coming out. So be encouraged. And shalom. I appreciate that from you, sisters. I'm going to go over to meet you line and look for uh, you on next week. Of course, we'll talk between them, but 
the family listen to you tonight. We'll just go ahead and look for you on next week. Folks, again, part five coming next week. And uh, I went ahead and muted both of y'all's line. I really appreciate those sisters. I appreciate their spirit. I appreciate their maturity. And you just don't get that every day uh, from uh, even Israelites. So we're going to play a little something, uh, a little something, something I put together about the show, not next week, but the following week, folks. We're going to be talking about something very important. Check this out. We'll be right back for our closing song. You can't miss this. Don't. Don't sleep on this. Check this out. Well, shalom, human family. This is Seth from Five Smooth Stones Network. Thanking you for listening to this very important and relevant show tonight. I want to invite you to another show, May 1st, 2018, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, where we talk about another important show, yet highly controversial, with the topic of Bible leprosy. I say Bible leprosy to distinguish it from modern leprosy today. Folks, in the Bible, one type of leprosy was nothing more than what we call today albinism or vitiligo. Again, one type of leprosy in biblical days was nothing more than albinism or vitiligo. I have much proof biblically and scientifically to support this bold truth. Later albinos, as we call them today, would migrate to Europe for favoring climate conditions for their eyes and their skin, and more importantly, to be used later by the Most High for judgment. Then many years later, as millions, they would mix with melanated people to bring about the different colors of skin today, as we see mixing does. Also, this is the ultimate backbreaker to white supremacy. Folks, We've done over 10 hours of shows on this topic. Now, when we say white supremacy, we're not talking about white people, but the doctrine and philosophy of lies of white supremacy. Many so-called whites hate white supremacy just like you do, from whom I've gotten a lot of what we'll be presenting. So, yes, you've heard me right. The Bible talks about one form of leprosy being described as simply white skin. Leviticus 13 32 and 36 even mention yellow hair associated with this plague, a.k.a. blonde hair. We will show you that we are truly one human family in revealing how some of us in your Bible was cursed with white skin by the Father and even the prophets and those people mixing with other people would bring about the different colors of shades we see today. Did you know that Second Kings 5 Last verses, one person was told his descendants would be cursed forever with this leprosy. And he turned white, nothing else, no sores, no disfigured limbs, or anything we think of today as leprosy. Did you know that Leviticus 13 mentioned the term bright spot nine times and that the priests were to examine this bright spot? What's wrong with a bright spot? It's nothing wrong with a bright spot if you're white skin, because it's all bright. But if you're brown or black, this would be a problem. Folks, lastly, Moses was told to stick his hand in his bosom to show a sign to Pharaoh of his power. The Bible says Moses' hand became leprous when he stuck in his bosom. 
it became, he pulled it back out, it became leprous as snow. Snow is only known for two things, to be white and to be ice. That's Exodus 4 and 6. Then his sister was smitten with the same thing. It says Miriam became leprous as snow when she spoke out against her brother marrying outside of his tribe. Numbers 12 and 10, she was smitten with this same thing. Again, it says the same verbiage, Miriam became leprous as snow. Folks, we've done over 10 hours of detailed information on this. That's May 1st, 2018, 8 p.m. Don't miss this show. Shalom. Okay, folks, and I'm back. And don't miss this show. That's going to be happening not next week, but the following week, when we just break down how we truly are one people. I've enjoyed this show tonight. I've enjoyed the show tonight. I enjoyed the sisters, and I, I really appreciate what they bring. I appreciate their walk with the Messiah, with the Most High, and how they have listened to him over the years and the wisdom they bring for all of us. I really do appreciate the sisters tonight. And I appreciate you and the callers. Very good callers. Very good comments. Um, I know I kept saying we were off topic, but you know what? In the end, um, you got to know what's going to be happening. Timetables are very important. Timetables are very important. Uh, so um, for that reason, I think everything was pretty much the way it's supposed to be, and we probably should have talked about every single thing we talked about. So I thank the Father for that, and I thank him for um, you, listeners, and especially you still on the phone lines, you in the chat room. I thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, again, I love every single one of y'all, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Good night. God bless. In this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. You gotta tell it for yourself.
Be 